Hello and welcome to Straight From The Off, a podcast based around the amateur football scene of our fantastic city of Liverpool. I'm Michael Watson and each episode we'll bring to you a local footballer, past or present, who'll share their stories of glory and despair with us on Straight From The Off. Today's episode's brought to you by the 12th Man Pub, Anfield, welcoming back old customers after all this lockdown, so get in there, get your pints in and see the lads. Today's guest, very special guest, I've courted him for a while, he's obviously been a bit busy because of uh, the success he's had over the recent couple of months besides lockdown, and um, the lads have managed to put me in touch with him, it's Ryan Lowe, welcome right? Cheers Mick, looking forward to it. Made up to have you mate, so... Um, how we usually started is, mate, straight from the off. How old were you when you first started playing footy? Who did you play for and what team did you support? Yeah, well, obviously, early on, mate, I think it was just playing in the streets, weren't it, and whatever, uh, and, and junior football and infant football. But my first real team I remember playing for was the Four Swallows. Yeah. Obviously, it was a it was, it was a big thing then down the Scotty Road League. Yeah. I was brought up around Grady first and then moved up to Ramfield when I was about 10, 11, so... The four swallows it was, mate. You know, I was trying to think back of all the players who played in that team, but obviously the, the main figure of it was the manager, which was our Bill, Bill Kenny, so which is Billy Kenny's dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was top draw, to be fair. He, he, he knew a player when he seen him, and obviously his, his lad was went on to, to play in the Premiership. Didn't have a big career, but, you know, he, he got there in the end and playing for Everton, but Bill, Bill was, was special. I still actually speak to him now, to be fair. Um, you know, still I... I regard him, Bill Bill, because he was, he was a top man. Does he, uh, don't still give you tips and all that now? Do you know do what, you? mate? Funny enough, I, I've, I've got to ring him because um, <clears throat> someone was, I forget who it was now, and uh, I always remember him because he, he, he was a top bloke and even as a kid, and then I moved to Anfield and he was living at the top of the, the road. He walked everywhere and obviously the family connections and we'll go on to later, which was uh, big John Kenny. No, Eddie Kenny, sorry, Eddie yeah. Kenny, who was the manager at Sandon, uh, and then John Kenny and, and uh, Eddie Kenny, who were all my mates. But um, someone passed me a betting slip the other week, and it, it had um, um, something like, keep going, well done, Bill Bill. So I thought, I need to get hold of him, you know what yeah, I mean? Boss, so I managed, yeah, boss, mate. And, and again, look, you know, he, he'd be looking at me, thinking, you know, he, he sort of helped me in my pathway. And then obviously, my me, me, me big team who support, mate, is, is obviously the Mighty Reds. So we've had a good June, to be honest, promoted in June. Yeah, the fifth or something, and then yeah. Liverpool win the league in yeah. June the fifteenth or seventeenth, whatever mate. it was. I've senior in Madrid um, when I was there with the lads and all that, with with Maff and the boys. Um, boss tripped up me. Yeah, wasn't boss, it? mate. You know what? We went in a camper van. It's like, <laughs> do you know what? Mick, I thought to myself. So the year before, I paid like through the nose. You know what I mean? To, to get Kiev. To, to Kiev. My flight got cancelled on the uh, eight hours before. So you never made flights, it. No. Oh, I was right. in the airport wandering around trying to get on a flight like a, a yeah. hobo, but. Do you know what, mate? It, meant to be. It, I know it went meant to be, yeah. And, and obviously we lost if you'd have been there, mate, to won. But that was the thing. I, I paid the fortune for me and my lap. But I thought, you know what? I was I managed to go to the, um, to Istanbul and I thought, I'm going to take him. You know, I'm going I'm to get there. Like Anyway, we ended up getting there, lost. So it weren't great. And then this time I thought, right, saves all the mess and spending all kinds of money. I just got onto the hire company and said, right, how much for a camper van? Six bet, he went 700 quid. I thought, right, that's me. I'm just going to get me and my lad in the car and off we go. Anyway, long story short, we end up going with my lad, Alfie, and his two little mates, Finn, Mark's little lad, little Luke Chandler. So anyway, we just three dads, three lads, off we went one day, a couple of days before. God, it was excellent, mate. It was like one of them Chevy Chase films. Yeah, it was, mate. You know what? We stopped off of, like, just outside Bordeaux and then we had, like, this camper van near campsite with a little pool and all that and the kids jumped. It was it was great, the food, you yeah, know what I mean? It was good, lads. It was a good little journey. Uh, long life, you know what I mean? Getting back, I was, like, 
a five or six day turnaround, you know what I mean? But it was good, listen. No one for us to win, it was even something special. Yeah, boss, mate, boss. So getting back to the the youth footy and the amateur footy, um, what school were you in? What, what seniors I was in St Anthony's first juniors and then moved on to Campion. Yeah. So they obviously had a good pedigree of football yeah. as Campion, didn't they? Well, do you know what, mate? That was one of my reasons I wanted to go to Campion because I lived obviously in Anfield, so I had to go up the hill and down the hill, so up May Lane and down Everton, yeah. Everton Hills. Um, and it was, yeah, it was really for football again. Listen, I weren't the brightest in school, you know what I mean? I'd done my work, but I weren't you know, the brightest in terms. I knew what I wanted to do, to be honest with me, and, and I thought if I can get to the school where I play football all the time, you know, I end up getting in a team early doors and then I end up captain the team and then I end up get, over the years I end up getting a chance to um, to play a year above with the likes of Carl Fairlong, um, Lee Powell, Lee Pryor, uh, who else was in there? Yeah, it's teams. always a good sign. Isn't it? Yeah, if you're playing yeah, above, especially yeah. the players you've just said, then they'd all go players they were all as well. Good players, so. well, they were all, I think Lee Powell was at Everton at the time, Carl Fairlong was at Wigan at the time, Pryor yeah, was at Liverpool. Yeah. And to get the nod to go up was, I think Terence Brown was in there as well, to be honest. And the right, Anthony and Thomas Wright, they, they were in the team. So, um, yeah, and then I, I got, you know what, I only thought back last week, I ended up going to the. Um, it was in fourth year seniors, so it was one, two, three, four, five years yeah, yeah, ago, weren't yeah. it? And, uh, old school style yeah and my lad comes home I'm going year 9 year 10 what's, what's yeah, that yeah. Girl, year 11 year 7 year 8 and I'm like lost with it but and then, then we're going to represent Great Britain you know uh, it was a great little tournament and, and Paul Carden was on it from he was from Carden Leanham was he maybe yeah, yeah. or forget what school he was and we went to France and it was a boss trip honestly it was a boss boss trip but I got left out the final I'd played a few of the games, so at that time I didn't really have a position. I was either a like tackle midfielder, winger, striker, so it was all over the place. And I remember getting on like with about 10, 15 minutes ago. I think we ended up losing the game. But I was gutted, you know what I mean? Got to the final of like representing Great Britain uh, through the school, which 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 was special to be honest with you. I still got some pictures somewhere, my mum's got them, but you know, when early on in your career then you think, Okay, where does this take you now? You know what I mean? And obviously we'll we'll talk about years years later. Yeah. So at, at that time you played a year a year up in school, you're representing Great Britain. So you you know that you're you're in the top bracket of, of especially the lads in, in the city, you know that you Yeah, 'cause what what happened was when I was um so I think that was so I'm just trying to think of the the years now and the ages. So that might have been around fifteen, sixteen. At fourteen I was at Liverpool. And um, I broke my ankle, jumped off a block of flats by my mate twenties there. As you do, yeah. As you do, you know, you're a young kid. Think, oh, I can jump off that bone, fractured my ankle, so I didn't play for a year. That was from probably like I was at Liverpool from thirteen, and then fourteen maybe, and then I had a year out from fourteen to fifteen, and it was that year coming back. But when it, when I had that year out with my ankle, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, where do I go? What do I do? I, I used to love the motorbikes. Used to have a, a little scramble. I was everywhere on them. Yeah. Good job I had it for that year. To be fair, to get me everywhere. And then it was the year later, I started kicking on a little bit. You know what I mean? At fifteen, because I thought, right, well, I've missed a year's football now. And then, then so when I played for um, East Villa, that's when I think I started signing for signing for East Villa. I think it was with them for like two, three years. East Villa. And that's you, where then was I that got the Walton Kirkdale then? On, yeah, on. we were in Walton Kirkdale. That um, Bill Shankly. I think we'd done every league because we were the best. We, we were winning everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Good club East Villa. Been going for years. Yeah, they yeah. sort of local. I was from Sparrowall. That's where I grew up. And they always had their own little pitch on the LBA East Villa. The first little, the, the little pitches by the yeah. L. We, we had some. We had some boss players. Honestly, it was. Um, and then from then. Um, so after school I had that good year, I think it was when I represented Great Britain, I got the year call up, I think it was the Echo Cup for the for the fifth year seniors. Because I think that's in your last year, isn't it? The yeah, Echo there's Cup. a couple, there's there's two years I think at the end, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. them two years were all right, and then I signed for East Villa, 
Was Coxie in that day? Coxie, Lee Coxie, Inca. boss team. Festus, we, uh, we had a boss team. And, and you know what? It was from like all over the all over the city, which yeah. was even better then, you know what I mean? Because like, yeah, you know, the South End teams used to be theirs, but the, the lads all come up and they were everywhere. And it was boss, we had a great togetherness. And I always remember, we used to get sucked back to Luteen Bell on Breck Road every yeah. every Sunday in the van. Tony O'Reilly used to pick us up in the van. A Bouncy Castle van, throw us all in the back. Uh, I used to stay with my Nana Stella's every, every Saturday night because she'd get me up in the morning, she'd have a bacon on for me ready, get picked up, you go and pick six or seven lads up, me had a boss team, but then I got picked up from Liverpool again, so obviously Melbourne was just round the corner and I was scoring loads of goals for East Villa and I missed it, so I, I, Liverpool used to play four quarters then, so it was either a 15 minute, 25 minute, 15, 25 or they'd go. 15, 25, 25, 15, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was I was, I was a bit part player. And in all honesty, I probably weren't good enough at the, at the time, you know what I mean? I, I thought to myself, you know, I, I'm not I'm not in a good position to say, I want to be playing more, do you know what I mean? And then what had happened was, the lads had come round, so we'd kick off at, say, 11 o'clock, the lads had kicked off at nine. Tony and Pat would bring all the boys down to Melwood because you could just go in there and the footy was on, all different games. And I'd be sitting there on the bench and the lads have all come to watch me and I was thinking, I'm getting a bit fed up with this now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, I played a lot of games, but I wanted to play more. You want to be, you know, you want to play every week, don't you? And then um, I end up leaving. I think I was there for four or five months and I ended up just not going back because I thought, you know what, I want to play with my mates again and keep building. I just had a year out at 14. So at 15, 16, I wanted to start kicking on again now. And, and, and I knew I weren't probably going to be good enough because in, in the ranks then was like Sir Michael Owen Robbie Farlow's in the first team at Liverpool, so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go back playing football to, to probably enjoy, and then hopefully I can kick on a bit more, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you won won leagues with East Villa and all that. So. Yeah, we won all kinds, mate. We had, yeah, we won everything really. So was that up to until obviously your, your teenage years where you can start playing fellas 14, 16, yeah, 17? So, so at that time, um, we got after Liverpool, we got um, we got picked up from Pat had something to do with it as well from East Villa, I think. Southport U team. Yeah. So um we got picked up from them. There was me, Yinka. Who was there then? Like Futcher, Paul Futcher. Paul Futcher, yeah. yeah. God bless him. He, he died. Yeah, I played with a son, Ben Futcher at Berry years to come, but um and then he was like my coach there. But um yeah, so we we all got picked up from Southport and then we ended up playing for them like through the weekend on a Saturday. Because we didn't really have a Saturday team. And then um we, we were done. We, we we were successful at Southport as well. We won like um the senior cup me it might have been. But we ended up playing. It was magic. So we, we ended up playing for Southport through the week. But the, the league we they joined for this senior cup, it was Southport v East Villa. So I chose to play for East Villa against Southport. Southport weren't too happy, but we didn't sign no contact. So you'd had like half a Southport team playing yeah. for East Villa, you yinker and that. We ended up beating them on pens, you remember the Al Kirby Stadium? Yeah, we played but, there a lot, yeah. The, the little step you used to have for the great in there, wasn't it? Boss rain. It was like yeah. a, a Wembley rain. It was it's like everyone. And uh, I scored the winning pen and I ran right up to the start and then, you know, up the steps. And we yeah. were all on the steps like that, jumping around. But obviously, listen, we were all representing Southport as well in the youth team. So we'd be there for like two years because that was like a Saturday league. And then I ended up getting a chance to play for the first team through Futch. I played my first game for Southport. It was in a conference cup against Doncaster away. Wow, I was like a man. I was like a baby in a, in a man's fucking... Yeah, you don't realise, oh, do you? Oh, God, it was, it was terrible. And I was, I was like... I shit myself really, do you know what I mean? Because I thought, I'm out there with big men. Yeah. These are our last people, do you know what I mean? Southport, lads, Doncaster. I there. So I only got about 15 minutes. Listen, I enjoyed it. And then, obviously, that all come to an end. 
and then I end up signing for so East Villa finished then because it went into main yeah, footy yeah. and then that's when he end up kicking on. Yeah, so like what you've said there about going in and playing with the fellas, I went to the uh, Stantondale just here when I was yeah. sixteen, and playing in the counties at, at at sixteen, I was only like skinny. I was like skinny and quick, but oh hell, you got smashed by fellas. Then oh, you yeah, realised, yeah. and I remember my fella saying to me, "You need to start waking up, expect it, because." Yeah. When you're a kid, you just run through tackles, don't you? Yeah. And then uh, we're playing against big area ass fellas like if fucking I don't know who we, we were playing against uh, Al, the Al Tetley Walker and Skem and yeah, all that, and yeah. you just get smashed. He's yeah. like, "Gotta start looking after yourself, expecting." All yeah. That. Well, listen, I was a shock, innit? Yeah, I was a striker then, so I was like nippy and getting past people. But we'll talk about a bit of that later on as well. Like, but when I left, um, when we left East Philly and Southport, I ended up then going to to the um, to the Sander and to the Waterloo Dock. Then, you know what I mean? Because you start getting a name, and don't you? He's a goal scorer, and yeah. I was listening to the, the late late McGiven podcast the other day, and obviously he was, he's a bit similar. You know, when you're scoring goals and you you've sort of been around, yeah, there's a buzz decent about football. It, people are all talking about you, and that that was the same with me. But um, yeah, mate, just just as for like you know being a young man trying to grow up, a young lad trying to grow up into men's footy. It was hard, but as you say, you just had to get on with it, you know what I mean? I always felt I was a skinny little turd, me. I was I was quite, you know, not lanky, but I was just skinny. I was just but I always had a little bit of pace to get past people. Yeah. And I could score a goal, so I was I was all right. Um but you, yeah, that's got you the sand then. So you know what happens? I think I was trying to think back last night. I, I don't know whether it was um, Peter Hayes maybe or, or someone or Stephen Kelly who was a good mate of mine. Um he was mates with my dad and all that. So all years ago there was like Jamie O, um Bob Le. Giorgio, um, Jace, there was loads of them who used to follow the sand. And I think he originated, he come from the Netley, yeah. as you've just mentioned then, I think. And then, uh, but I remember, I think it was Peter Hayes had asked, Abami, asked me to go to the Brit. And I don't think a lot of people know this, but Ronnie Pepper actually turned out, oh, we don't need them, we've got Terence Brown, Anthony Wright, and you know they're better than me sort of thing. So I thought, and it was only because I knew probably more people at the Brit then than I did at the Sandin. So uh, anyway, the Sander come. I said, yeah, Sander, I'll go for the Sander. Uh, but again, mate, I think my first game up there was with... Um, remember Kevin Walsh? Yeah. <laughs> played up from me. Kevin Walsh, yeah. wow. He just wanted to kill everyone, man. Yeah. It was it was like... Uh, I was thinking, oh, the Sander were obviously, good. at that time, they were the top team uh, was, in the yeah. city. And, yeah. and they were fucking full of area-ass fellas. You, Listen, you, mate, you I, I, was, mixer, yeah, I, I was pleased. Like, look, we had a, a rivalry with the Brits. I respected the Brits, all the players, all the, Ronnie and all the lads who played for them. We had big rivalry in, 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 over the years. Uh, but I, I chose the right one in the sand and light because you know, I had a bit of green in my blood, as as probably later on tells, but being a Plymouth Argyle. But I felt the sand was more me. It was more relaxed. Ronnie was a good coach at that level and a good manager and whatever else. And but I wanted to be around relaxed people who'd look after me and help me, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and that was the sanding. So like Dave Geno on that day? Yeah, Geno, Darren Connor. Um, they all, Darren Connor was there from a young age. He ended up, I think Darren went to Britain and Sanders. So what Darren was, Darren was a great footballer, I tell you. He, he, um, he, he was probably one of the best amateur footballers I'd played with. He could pick a pass outside, inside. Yeah, boss player. But he was a madman. He'd like kick some up the arse and get sent off, you know what I mean? He, he just couldn't fucking, we'll talk about Con- it. Like, emotions, he just, yeah. He, yeah, he just couldn't. But like as a player, mate, he was top, top draw. And I loved playing with him. He just put it on the money for you, do you know what I mean? He, he was good. And then Abbe, early on, he was a tough footballer, just couldn't run. <laughs> um, we had some good good players. Um, Benzie used to play at the back for us. Yeah. Um, James Glenn, was he there then? Glenn Denon come a bit later yeah, on, bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, and his brother. Later on, as it went on, we had Mucher and all them, and you know we had uh, Anthony Boggan, 
Uh, I think Jonathan Boggan had to go after Liverpool and whatever else. But listen, if it weren't the Brits, it was the Sander. They were the two teams, you know what I mean? Whoever got into the players first, that's yeah. who you ended up signing for, yeah. really. Like, I would have probably ended up signing for the Brits if, if Ronnie would have said, yeah, go on, I'll have them. But Ronnie thought he had better than Anthony Wright and Terence Brown, who, who were top quality players as well. Yeah. Um, and I obviously sided for the Brit, uh, for the Sander. So the, how did you find it then? Interesting, mate, yeah. It was, um, as I say, listen, I, I knew like a lot of them fellas who were there were like my dad's old mates, you know what I mean, from years ago. I think my old fella used to play, he, he'd played a, a couple of games for the Netley and whatnot. And uh, I don't know whether he'd ever played at the Sandham, but I remember going as a kid to watch them and they had all the eyelashes, they were all there on the sidelines, and you know what I mean? It was great and, you know, when I was there, I felt like I was looked after, do you know what I mean? So, like, anyone rattled me. Well, as I said before, that big Kevin Walsh, you just run over and grab yeah. someone like, oh, do you know what I mean? But, but like, uh, you know what, mate, listen, I, I loved the time there. And then, you know, early on, it was a bit like, whoa, do I really want this? But then on the other hand, you know, a lot of people used to say to me, no, look, you'll be sound, just, just keep playing, keep scoring. You know, and I remember the Sunday Premier at the time was brilliant, mate. There was fans yeah, like brilliant, yeah. You know, the Dockers Club there used to be so the Britain and Sand, and there was probably I don't know, you you might know more than me here, but there was like between four and five hundred fans around that pitch watching them games. Some fellas wouldn't go on from the Dockers Club, would they? They'd watch yeah. the dock, the dock on a Saturday, get yeah. get in the ale house, roll on, back in the morning, definitely same again, mate. Right? It was brilliant. Listen, I think it's died of death a little bit now. The yeah. Sunday Prem, you know what I mean, because of all the violence and that that goes with it. But in terms of um. Them days, mate, look, people have kicked shit out of each other on the pitch, <clears throat> but they'd shake hands after it. Yeah, you know it's what probably about six divisions then as well. Yeah, <clears throat> and it was great. Um, but listen, there's probably too much for me even to remember with the sand, and we had some great times. You know, I remember going on a bus to um, Mr. Darlington or somewhere, and, and Bobble, Bob Lacey, that's, that was his name, Bob Lacey, he used to call him Bobble, he was walking the top of the bus, I think he, he probably hadn't been home. And he's giving everyone a shot of whiskey. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> shot of whiskey for me, Bob. I'm getting off this bus and I'm going to try and play footy and score a few goals. The last thing I need now at like 16, 17, or probably 17, is a shot of whiskey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I never drunk any spirits in my life then, you know what I mean? I think, and he can't be giving me a shot of whiskey. But again, mate, just the camaraderie and the way the, the club was and, and, and the players and that was was, was, was great. Uh, so I, I was, uh, went to the Zach school and the, the team around there was like, was the only name. So, Couple of my mates, Davy Jones and uh, Steve Winnett, and that there was there was a like a not a rumor. There was a little thing going round about this kid scoring goals for the Sandon. Was yeah. obviously you. So uh, Steve Winnett, who just loved his footy, sadly he's died now. Steve, okay. he uh, he said to us, "Do you want to go and try and catch the Sandon? The the want to see what the fuss is all about. This this yeah. kid scoring all the goals." So. Goes down the dockers, don't know who it was against or whatever, and that's when Bunny was singing. There's yeah, only one Bunny, Ryan Lowe on the yeah, side, and yeah. at one point oh. he got the corner flag. Yeah. He picked the corner flag off, and he's yeah. waving the corner flag around, singing. Yeah. There's only one Ryan Lowe, and I'm thinking, out of place to play Sunday league. Like he had your own little song. Lawless had his own yeah, little song. Yeah. Fucking with the lunatics, you used to watch him, and yeah. I'm thinking, how, how good's that? Just oh mate, do you know, um, do you know, Bunny Wright? I got like we had like a great little relationship. So when he was doing that to me. I was thinking, can I lose this alpha here with a big nose on him, bottle of whiskey? And bless him, he, he, you know what I mean? He, he, he was like a, was like a tramp, really, weren't he? Do you know what I mean? He was, you know, he was he, like he, a font of knowledge, though, wasn't he? Oh, his knowledge on football was fucking different class. So then I started inviting him in. So after the Sanding games, inviting him into the, the Dockers for a few drinks, and he'd sit there with the lads. One or two people would take the piss out of him, just trying to have a bit of banter, but, you know, he, yeah, he was friend, an old bloke. Friendly, but, yeah, friendly yeah. banter. And then when he got a little bit, you know, when he got a little bit drunk, he'd get a bit upset, believe it or not. So 
it, it broke my heart a little bit with him. And then, you know, there was, there was a time when him taking him to the... I thought, fucking hell, buddy. I think we were going out on a Sunday somewhere. So when then we were at the Dockers and he had his old pants on. And, um, you know, and look, he, he was an old bloke. And his cap on. He lived on his, his cap on. and all that. Yeah. So <clears throat> I remember taking him to that little sports shop next to Uncle Sam's. Remember in town? Yeah. It was called something like... Yeah, I'm on it, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was called anyway. So went in there. So come on, bunny, get in. So I got him a cap at Tracky, a navy right. cap at Tracky. Was, right. was, was it? No, it was like the old, um, the old uh, nylon type one. Know what I mean? Yeah. So cap at Tracky and a pair of cap at Tracky's brand new white ones. We said, right, come on. So we got him in, got the Tracky, went back to the office because we were going out, go out all day. Then they used to go all the boozers and that. Yeah. Know what I mean? All yeah. down counter or whatever. And a load of us were going out. We used to have a little plastic bag. So uh, I said, come on, got the tracksuit. Said, right, we're going back to the dockers. You get in the fucking changing rooms there, get a quick wash, a little, little tidy up, you know what I mean? Comb your hair over and all that. Take the cat, he went, no, me cat. Anyway, he loved the cat, didn't he? So when anybody walks in the dockers club, like fucking out of a catalogue, you know what I mean? It is cap and slacky. Walked in like Stoichkoff in the bank. It was fucking, oh, let's go, yeah, bunny, bunny. But, and then obviously, the more I seen him, the more he'd shout it, you know what I mean? And he just sort of got like, I always brought him in for a drink and made sure he's looked after, throw him a little 20 quid here, there, and everywhere. Uh, and then sometimes, it, you know, he used to get a few bit of change off the lads. So they go, oh, yeah, bunny, go on, next thing he'd be off. Because he, he lived in Aiton, didn't he, just outside Aiton? Yeah, she followed the doms as well, didn't he? The doms, yeah. yeah. So I think then he used to think, fuck this, I'm off now. I'm either going home to get me a bottle of whiskey or because I've got a few quid or I'm going to go and have a drink with his mates up yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, but no, he was brilliant. And then, do you know what? Sadly, he passed away. I found out he died. When was that? Who was I playing for? I was playing for MK Dons, believe it or not. And um, I couldn't fucking find the church, man. I was absolutely gutted. Because I got told it was up in um, just outside Aiton there, um, by Alderay, around that way. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the church was supposed to be around there. Oh, God, I, I was gutted. I just couldn't find the church nowhere, you know what I mean? Someone yeah. had mentioned it was one church, there was not there. Someone had mentioned a different time. So I was gutted, but no, he was a, uh, he was a top bloke. But one thing I can say, mate, is listen, not just me, but the likes of all the players, he knew his football, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He knew his football and that song. We still say it now. Me and the lads like Pino and Maff and that a few of us will, will say, you're no Ryan Lowe, you knobhead. Yeah. That's what he used to say yeah. to people, do you know what I mean? Awesome. You're no Ryan Lowe, you knobhead. Fucking great. Oh, that, he it? was brilliant, yeah. So, um, and then you said you, you played for the Doch. How did that come about? Same same scenario, really? Heard, yeah, same same just scenario. But, but just I want to tell you this story about the sand and the Brits because Berkey, I hope Berkey's listening because me and Berkey used to have a honest to God, man. He, he listen, he was he's, he's, he's a good lad, Berkey, and we end up having a great relationship. And um, no, the bend, no oh, he's mad, mate, mad at it. I tell you, hell, he was um, boss goalie, boss yeah, goalie, he was, he was boss, like a cat, he, he, he just jumped for everything, but. He used to wind me up all the time, you know what I mean? Here he is, look at him, the little the little faggot with his white boots on and all that. Here he is, what are you going to do today? And he'd walk like this, oh, yeah. <laughs> like Conor McGregor. And uh, I'd go, yeah, I'll show you, I'll show you. So I remember being down the BA and um, free kick just outside, just outside the 18-yard box. And I thought, I'm fucking putting this in the top bin. So um, Becky's going, where are you going? Go on, where are you going? You, you're not, it's going to go over the bar. I'm not even moving, I'm not even moving. I think it was to end up being the winning goal. So I said, yes, yeah, Sam, no problem. So I'm trying to just concentrate, think, where the fuck am I putting this free kick? If it goes over, he's running out his 18-yard box, going, yeah, fucking shite, you're this, you're that. So um, anyway, I've set it down, I'm proper focused, you know what I mean? Bent it right in the stanchion. I couldn't have hit the stanchion anymore. It was like, yeah. do you know what I mean, right in. 
So I've ran round the wall and I've gone, what's that, Becky? What's that? Are you picking the ball out of this? I've gone, go on, pick the ball out of net, you fucking crap. And I've ran back, buzzing up the line. We end up winning. But listen, one thing we did do, we had mutual respect for each other right after the game. Boom, fried over, shook his hand. Yeah, yeah. Arm around each other. He was like, you little shit. And I was like, but I loved it. I loved that banter and that camaraderie with, with each other. And, you know, look, it was hatred really at times. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, was yeah. Mark Phillips and Paul Phillips and... Me oh, and they'd all, go oh, right mate, fucking through you, would yeah, they? Good players, but ruthless. And um, Chris, Chris Walsh, the centre half. Wow, he used to rattle me like no ends. You know yeah. what I mean? Kevin Walsh would go up to the end. He listen. He, he was a boss fella off the pitch, Chris. But no, no question about it. He tried to hurt you yeah. because he knew that if he didn't try and tackle you or sort of leave one on you, you you were going to run past them. And that that was the name of the game, really, for me. I was skipping past plenty of people, but. Listen, mate, there was some airy asses out there that yeah. were just looking to... Scary, man. To scare you, yeah. I remember Berkey fronted the, the whole Nalgo line once on a National Cup game on the BA. Oh, the Nalgo was like Nicky Ayers and all yeah. that, man. He come on out his goal. You come up here thinking he's a dish had and he all had that. It, After one game, him and, him and Darren Connor were rolling around in the net having a fight and they got Great. up and shook hands and that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, listen, that, that's what the rivalry was like. and, and you know. But again, the respect was... was, was, was I remember being... Uh, the Brits won the league one night and it was on a Sunday somewhere we were out and um, I always remember I ended up with Berkey, um, Anthony Nelson probably. There was a few of us, we, we, we'd been out like all day, all night and we ended up on Scotty Road outside Ronnie Peppers and they're all singing, there's only one Ronnie Pepper and I'm sitting on the wall like a bottle of, bottle of butter or something. <laughs> Well, they're singing outside Ronnie's, and I've said, Come on, are you fucking finished? Let's go with the boozer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But again, I was, you know, I was with them, I was in the company, they, you know, they were all good lads. Uh, but it was, mate, David, the days, the Brit in the sand, and were, were special, as I said, there was like four or five hundred watching them all the time. Listen, if like, I don't know, pros or people from outside Liverpool are listening to this, they might sort of get a bit of a, an idea of the passion that goes into its proper full on. Passion for Sunday League footy, in it. It's like oh. it's it's evident, isn't it? Well, do you know what they were the first games, right? So they were the first games I taught. Pasta, rice, loads of fluids, because I, I wanted to be the best. You know what I mean? As 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 a kid growing up, and and I sort of had a little bit of ump with the with the Brits because of early on when they said no, they didn't need me or they didn't need another striker, which was which was fine. But when you get little knockbacks like that in, in your career or amateur, professional, semi, whatever it is, you. You use it for the advantage. And I always wanted to do well against the Britain, you know what I mean? Because I had a load of mates who played for them. We then become even more mates, lads from school. I wanted to prove that I was better than like Anthony Wright and, and Terence Brown, you know what I mean? And yeah. the players who played up front for the Brits because I wanted to be the best. But yeah, the, the rivalry amongst it was like, you know, you, they were the nights on, on a Saturday. You did, when you played the Brit, mate, you didn't go out on a Saturday night. You stayed in. If yeah. you played anyone else, like you'd be out on a Saturday night with the lads, but on, on when you're playing the Brit, you'd have to make sure you were in. You yeah, fully bit focused, of a derby. Yeah. So go, going back to the doc, then did they they snaffle you up? Yeah. So I think the doc, as you said, you and the, one of the lads popped up and said, "Let's go and see what this lad's like." Jimmy and La were, were always there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they were always about the dockers because they were the dockers, weren't they? They, you know, the doc, and they were always at games. And I can't remember who approached me. It might have been La, because La was the little. I mean, he was the little yeah. La last one. And uh, he said, do you want to come down and, and, you know, play? And I think I remember going down and he had, like, Frankie Strode, um, John, um, oh, what was his name? Big Egg, Egger. John Egger, yeah, John Egger. Boss player. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to get in here. He's fucking good players. Uh, anyway, I went and was on the bench for a little bit. And then that's when, when I got me, you know, got, got a start. Like, I was in the team and I was scoring goals. 
Um, the proper fair though, aren't they, Jimmy and La? Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're yeah, doing business, I, I remember Leighton saying on his that that was the first time he thought, "Wow, what's going on here?" You, you know, your ball is hung up for you, your yeah. kit all hung out. They were, you know, they were they they done it properly, and and I think any amateur teams, you know, some amateurs we play for, like we used to go in the sand and. Later on, it got a little bit more sort of not professional, but they tried to do it right. He done the kit, yeah. but when it was with like first out, the kit was thrown on the floor. You just had to pick a number, pick a shirt, uh, pick a shirt, pick a pair of shorts, socks. They were odd. They were odd. If they Ones were without short, the in yeah. Yeah, it was just you know it was what it was, and they were the days really on. But then I think it's, as it got more competitive, it started getting a bit more better. Um, but yeah, mate, I, listen, they, they were great. We ended up having some good players. Can't remember we won many trophies with the dock when I was there. I think we probably did. We we, we probably won a lot because they were the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had was some... who was there then? Like Kieran McDonald and that. Kieran McDonald was there. Early. Strode. Frankie Strode. John was there. Shorty. Shorty was yeah. there. He, he he sort of retired. Then the new um, crop come around was like then um, Anthony Boggan. He, he played for the Sandler, whereas he was there. Um, Terry Terry uh, Terry Murray. Yeah, yeah. Also, well, the younger yeah, lads. Yeah, so then all the younger lads started coming through. We had a boss team, like don't get me wrong. There was some good footballers. And so you're doing the damage for them. Is that the base go invite you down then, or? Yeah. So what happens then was I was um, I was sort of still. So oh, that was it. So I, I was playing for Southport at the time. So that was a, probably the year I, I got the back end of the um, I got the back end of the season with the dock. I went with the dock for long. Yeah. Because then, yeah, what happened was. Bersko invited me down at the back end of the season. So I remember playing about seven or eight games. for So I had a full season, nearly three quarters of a season with the Doch. And then Bersko invited me down. I went down and Jimmy allowed a little bit gutter because he was like, no, look, stay with us, you know what I mean? You, you know, I was like, I know, but I want to play football. Like I want to try and get professional football. They were semi-professional. And then uh, Peter King, God bless you, he was a big influence on my career. He passed away, had an heart attack nine years ago now, ten years ago. Um, and he, he said, come down. I remember like Jed Nolan, uh, Billy Knowles, Andy Mach, Andy Mach, uh, Blas the Gold. They were all boss fellas, you know what I mean? Yeah. I got to know these group of lads, and I was thinking, these are these are diamonds. So I remember playing six or seven games, uh, scored a few goals only on the bench, and then he said to me, look, come and sign for us next season. John Davidson was the manager, and I was like, ah, I, don't, I don't know. So it was in the, the Unibond Division 1 then. Yeah. So I thought, well, look, it's it's hard semi- to keep track of the leagues now. Yeah, it? yeah, it's changed. What, I thought, well, it's semi-professional, that. So I'll, you know, I want I want to be a professional footballer. If I have to go through the ranks, I'll I'll go through the ranks. So uh, anyway, went up pre-season, and uh, he said, look, listen, you're going to be one of the main men. Do you know what I mean? If you if you do show what you show last season, so I had a full pre-season with them, and then that year, uh, and I'm playing up front with Wildy. Listen, we had great lads, great players. And I scored 38 goals that year. We ended up getting promoted to the, to the Uniborn Premier. Yeah. But that year, when I was scoring all the goals, again, where it gets out, out, doesn't it? So I end up going on trial to Tramia. I end up um, going on trial to Everton. I end up going on trial to Rochdale, Hull. Um, fucking hell, where else? I, I think he had a few other options to go on trial because then I was talked about. But the, the story of it was, I thought, you know what? Peter King actually said to me, I can, I can say it now, but he said, he wanted to offer me a contract base goal. I used to get 50 quid a game, and I think it was a tenner a goal. So my 50 quid would pay for my car, petrol more or less going up there, and my petrol coming back to yeah. go and a couple of drinks in, in the, um, the Barons after the game. Yeah, with the last crisp. Back of the crisp, little cheese and crackers. Yeah. And I used to have like two shandies, because you know, obviously I was driving the car, unless we were staying up there on a mad one. Yeah. I'd leave the car. Anyway, long story short, 
Peter King said, don't sign the contract. I went, why? You were going to give me 100 quid, so I'm thinking 50 quid, 100 quid, 20 quid a goal. I'm thinking, because yeah, they want money for you. So I said, okay, sign. So I kept it. But I'm arrest the life out of me, the chairman of the Bears Club pulled me So he's, he's looking after you there, didn't he? He was, because he knew Peter yeah. King was at Liverpool as a, as a kid, and you know, in the, the A and the B teams then. And he knew, he, he thought, look, although I'm the assistant manager here, you know, he had a full-time job and he, he wanted the best for me because we we become dead close friends. So uh, I thought, fair play. It was the best bit of advice, really. Give me Listen, I don't think it has stood in my way when I end up moving, but I thought for me to go for free is better than going for 10, yeah. 20, 30 grand because yeah. some clubs might not be able to pay it. So I end up going to the story of this. So it scored like 25, 30 goals. Funny this. And um, anyway, Sammy comes crawling. But Sid Benson was always around and was desperate to get me into Everton. Sid, he's another one, God bless him, who passed away. He was a big influence on me through the non-league, the grassroots, because he was wanting to get me in all the time. So Everton was sort of like, didn't really want to know because I was at an age where he was like, oh, you know, what, what's he going to do now? He's he's 19, I think, going on 20 or 18, going on 19. They'd produced all their players, the Michael Branches and, and whoever else, who were the strikers. So um, next thing, gets a call and said, well, Sammy, I want to take you in. On trial, I went, all right, Sanj, yeah. So I'd been at Sammy years before as well on trial and, and got rejected. So um, next thing, I goes into Sammy. So I'm in there for a week. So playing a few games with all the first team. John Alderton, Kevin Sheedy were the managers and assistant manager. So Eric Nixon was the goalie goalie there. Um, players there at the time was Garno was playing. Uh, what's the kid from Aiton midfielder? Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Kenny Hines and all them. There was, you know, Jeb Brannan and Jeb Brannan and all them. I need a good players. These, yeah, I'm not going to be nowhere near. But they just wanted to get me in probably for the reserves type. You know what I mean? But remember, Greg Blunder was playing for them. They had some good players up there. So that's no way I'm getting in here. Anyway, long story short, there for two weeks, didn't play one reserve game. They had two games on the pitch. Fucking fuming. I thought, why, why have they had me here? Because he come and watch me, Kevin Sheedy, and I scored an attic. He come to watch Lee McEvely first, and yeah. I don't think Lee played or he was. He was younger than me, Lee, and he didn't play. So they got me in. said, yeah, we'll get him in, have a look at him. So I thought, Sam, go there. Nothing happened. I remember being out on a Sunday in uh, the Liverpool bar. Liverpool Arms, is it? Liverpool, yeah, in by the Liverpool, Sam, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the pub there. Kenny, uh, not Kenny, um, Eric Nixon was in there. He was always in that field. Always there, there a few me. Times, yeah. Lowey, come here, lad. Because he, he used to grab me over for so I'd hang around for little extra sessions and he'd go, Come here, do these shootings, those these keepers for me, and I'd, I'd take some shots and all that. And uh, he went, You're in tomorrow? I went, No, the two week trial's up. He went, Fuck, come in, come in, I'll speak to the gaffer. I went, No, I'd have stu- been stubborn myself. I said, I'm not going in because no one spoke to me. John Aldridge didn't speak to me. Kevin Sheedy didn't speak to me. I've been playing for Bears, goal, scoring loads of goals. They've got me in on trial. At least you can do look at you, is, yeah. is look at me and speak to me to say, look, son, we're going to get you in again. There was two reserve games you didn't put me in them. So he went, I said, I'm not going, I'm not going. You can do one, basically. And that was my attitude towards him. I thought, no, you can do one. So anyway, long story short on that, I'll go back to the base thing in a minute. I seen Kevin Sheedy out in town when I just got promoted for Sheffield Wednesday to, to the championship. So I fucking give him a right ear full. He was pissed. And I said, Kev, Ryan Lowe here. He went, all right, mate. I went, you fucking had me in, Sammy, and didn't ever even look at me. He went, oh, that was all, oh, no. He went, no, no, it wasn't me, it was Aldo, it was Aldo. But I, I collared Aldo as well on Allen Road, not long after it or before it, I can't remember the, the, the times. I gave him a bit as well. And he was like, oh, I was Sheeds, he was an Everton fan. I said, John, don't don't take the piss, mate. My career was on the line, like, like oh, Lowy. And I know his lads, 
Paul Aldridge. Yeah, Paul, yeah. And um, he was there, he went, oh, everything. I said, yeah, Sans. I just had to get it off my chest. John Aldridge was a legend for Liverpool. Kevin Sheedy was a legend for Everton. But I had to get it off my chest, right, Mick, to say, no, you don't treat people like that. And look, they didn't treat me bad, but they didn't treat me good. They got me in on trial and didn't really entertain me. And I thought, right. So that was another reason why you think you want to make sure that you prove these type of people wrong, do you know what I mean? Um, and then, funny enough, going back to Sid Benson from Bersko, um, Sid got me in at Everton. And I thought, get me in at Everton. He went, no, Ryan, I'm getting you in. Colin Harvey was the assistant manager. Now Kendall was. Like the truth be known, my granddad Frank was good mates with um, a few Everton, Everton fans. And he used to go with the boxers and all. They used to have a box in there. So they got all the call out uh, Howard Kendall and said, look, have a look at my grandson. Anyway, they managed to get me in. So I was there and they were pulling on the Everton kit. And I was thinking, oh, no, I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm wearing this Everton kit. I was a bit like, go to put in the, on, the, on the other hand, I was thinking, nah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Whatever, do however, we'll yeah. do what's best. You know, I'm a Liverpool fan. But yeah, if Everton signed me, then I'm an Everton fan. You know, that's just the way it probably works. bit like Carrad. Well, Carrad yeah. was an Everton fan and ended up being playing for Liverpool. So, um and I was in at Everton for two weeks, and I'm thinking, oh, it's all right, this, it's going, you're doing great, Colin Harvey, you're doing great, son, keep going. I'm thinking, fucking hell, brilliant. I would like to be seeing your plan. I'm thinking, oh, fucking hell, there we go. They had the A and the B team then. Anyway, Colin Harvey pulls me in and goes, listen, son, he says, not great news for you, but you're a little bit too old. I think my next birthday was either 19 or 20. No, it was, so it was the end of the season, yeah, September, so the season had finished. So my next birthday was going to be 20, I think. So um, he went, but look, we're going to recommend you to Kevin Ratcliffe at Shrewsby and Dave Fogg, who, who worked there yeah. for years. So I went, oh, but he said, look, all you need to do is you need to go in there, you need to show them that you're fit and and, be, and you're a good lad. So I thought, right, brilliant. So I trained throughout the summer, I thought, perfect. And then we're going to Hull on trial with Gary Brabham and uh, Warren Joyce. They ended up getting sacked, so that didn't happen. That was before Evan, I think, before the season had finished. They ended up getting sacked before the end of the season. Um and then, obviously, the Everton thing, I went in there, they said, nobody recommends you. I was at Shrewsbury for a week, and then that was it. The rest was history. I signed a 12-month contract. Yeah. So, what year was that then? Right, about um, early 2000s then, or just on two, about? Ju- yeah. Just on 2000, I think it was. Yeah. So, it was probably 2000, 2000, the year 2000, 2001, I'd signed for them. So, yeah, so 2000, I'd signed for, for, for Shrewsbury and... Um, in July, I think, or yeah, July, two thousand. Yeah. So, the, so you go there. Um, how does that sort of work? Did they just pull you in and say? Do you know what, mate? I went up there. Um, got there. I already spoke to Dave Fogg. Had rang me to say, look, just come up. We just want to have a good look here, and you know, and obviously he was a scouser, and Ratcliffe was like an adopted scouser, and he represented Everton for years. And he said, um, great player, by the way, he was, mate. Right yeah. Now. Come up. We just want to see you're a good lad, and so I drove all the way to see. Where's Shrewsby? But remember at the time, Ian Dunbavan was um, Stevie G's mate. Yeah, and obviously Bavo, I was, yeah. was I he was, the keeper, was he? He was the keeper, yeah. yeah. He left, left Liverpool, yeah, to, to go there. Um, and obviously I spoke to Stevie, who, 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 I was mate, who I've been mates with since since them days, really, through Anthony Boggan and, and so on, and uh, Jonathan Boggan, sorry. And then um, Steve said, yeah, I'll ring Bavo for you. He, he plays for them, go and stay with him. So I went up there. First day, introduced to, to everyone. Bavo said, look, come come and stay with me. So he lived in Czech, which was about an hour away from, about 45 minutes away from Shrewsby. Yeah, it's just outside, yeah, yeah. just outside um, Wrexham. So I thought, sound, happy days, I'll um, stay with him. So I got mates with him. Next thing, I was there a week. He went, what do you think? I said, yeah. I said, listen, 
Um, they offered me a twelve month contract, so I said buzzing. First professional contract I'm over the moon. One of I mean. them, but it doesn't really matter what they offer you. You're signing anyway. Oh yeah, well listen, at me, I think my first wages when when I went there was like um, three hundred and fifty quid, and like appearances hundred and fifty, hundred and fifty, whatever. Anyway, the money was irrelevant really. I just wanted to be a professional yeah, footballer, and whatever it was gonna, whatever they were gonna give me, they were giving me. And then to be fair, um. I done all right. So pre season, that's a way for, for for a chance to, to get in the team. Was coming on the bench, coming off the bench and getting a bit of a piece. A big shirt on football league, and I'm thinking, yeah, massive, third division. Massive then thinking, yeah, yeah. boss, this fucking hell, fans. Look at that, the fans are everywhere. Shrewsbury had a good, good, good fan base. Yeah, and then six months into that, he pulls me in, and I'm thinking, I always remember Ratcliffe. Yeah. I remember Kenny McKenna. Yeah, was, was manager at CNS. Yeah, he yeah. offered me a thousand pound a week in the Welsh League. Did he? Yeah. He went, come and know. sign for me for it. I'll give you a grand a week. And I'm thinking, I'm going to win a grand a week. Then that was fucking hell. Thousand pound a week's a lot of money now. But then, yeah, fucking hell, yeah. and I'm thinking, so I chose. I got a bit of information. I thought, no, I spoke to Peter King quite a bit. He said, no, don't do it, lad. Don't just you'll be all right. Just keep going, keep going. Because I could have easily sacrificed if I was chasing the money. I could have easily sacrificed a football league for money. So I'd have been playing in the Welsh Prem, where you never fucking get out of, to be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. a good league and you pay good money. But I'd have got, yeah, three times more the money. I thought, oh, fucking hell. And I thought, no, no, I'm not doing it. So I never done it. That was a big call for me, really. So Ratcliffe gets me in. And I thought, it was around about the same time, I thought he was re- he was getting me in to say, look, it's not quite worth. We're going to find you out to here or to there. Next thing you went, going to offer you a three and a half year contract. I was like, what? He went, yeah. I was like, fucking get in. So me, me and one of my best mates at the time, Luke Rogers, we were two youngsters who were, who were trying to break through. He signed a three and a half year contract and I signed a three and a half year contract. But I always remember, I, he got fucking, he was he was a couple of years younger than me. And uh, he got about a grand a week and I, I only got 6.50. But I went asked, I was I was on the ladder, I was climbing up, you know what I mean? So I said to him after, do you sign yours? He went, yes, how much you get? He went, to give me 1,100 quid or a thousand pound a week. And I was like, what? But Cardiff had approached the club for him. Because he was young, up and coming, you know what I mean? I wanted yeah. to have a good career. And um, no one approached me on ETNS, but they thought, fuck, he's not going to ETNS. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, mate, after that, signed a three and a half year contract. And so, uh, listen, I owe a lot to, although I'm a mad Liverpool fan, I, I ain't got no bad feelings for Everton, you know what I mean? Rivalry aside, yeah, you know, listen, I want Liverpool to beat them every day of the week, but. Yeah, developed it out. Developed me out big time in, in, in where I went. So, not, not, not a lot of people know that because everyone thinks, yeah, I'm a staunch red, and I am. But Everton actually got me on the ladder. They they were the biggest ones who helped me in the pathway to where I got to. So what? There's a few stories of of that happening with Everton, isn't it? He's done it with Jose Baxter, didn't he? Yeah, got him did. in back in his twenties yeah. to, to let him just play footy and see if he can. He can Listen, there's probably stories as well for Liverpool that have done it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just that you don't know people who've done that. I think you know. Like I remember uh, I was listening to a, a thing with Jay Speed the other day, and he said he was out of a club. Got really stopped boating and he phoned Stevie G and said, Can I come and train with the 23s? And he, he was there for a couple of weeks doing pre season with them. So, yeah. I, I, listen, yeah, it, 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 it does happen, you know what I mean? But most clubs will do that. But in terms of for me, what Everton done for me is like they could have been said, No, so not for us. They, they didn't have to recommend me to Shrewsbury, do you know what I mean? But they did. Yeah, no, boss, mate. So, did you move up there then when you got the show? No, so I used to stay with Bavo in, in, in Czech. I used to stay in. Um, in, in Mrs. Tenches, it was called, funny enough. So one of my good mates, Sam Easton, lives up there. We go up all the time, my missus and the kids, and see their kids and all that. And we're always like reminiscing, always drive past. Now it's still a bed and breakfast. You used to stay in there 20 quid a night. You do your full English breakfast the next morning. Yeah. So we used to go up on a Monday morning, potentially stay Monday night, train Tuesday, come home Tuesday because you'd have Wednesday off, go back Thursday, 
you're it's more not that like, far, is nah, it? Nah, no, you know what? We end up getting a car school and so loads of us. Bridge that way. Yeah, so we used to go run corn bridge through the tunnel right up towards Chester, Shropshire, through Wrexham, and that's was loads of ways. But we, we most of the time we, we travelled it. Yeah. So um, while you're there and and you you're playing a professional game, how are you finding it compared to what you've been used to? Tough, tough. Um, listen, what one thing I was fine with was the tackles because through Sunday footy and Saturday footy, uh, grassroots it, yeah. footy, I was accustomed to it. You know, I got, I got, I got belted left, right, and centre week in, week out, um, and, and I was accustomed to it. But it was more getting to know the tactical side and the technical side. You know what I mean? Of, of like how it works and positional sense. Now, Kevin Ratcliffe again at the at the time, first year. They brought Nigel Jemson in, who was from Forest, who'd been a Forest and won, you know, played in the Premier yeah, League and all that. bastard. Yeah. He, listen, he was, he was an horrible fucker, but he, he, he was good, you know what I mean? So, like, in terms of, say, horrible, he, he'd, like, he'd, he'd give you loads, like, and nah, he didn't pass yeah, yeah. to me, but, like, man, I was robbing a goal off him once. He, he <laughs> wanted to kill me. Backstick, I thought, I'm not letting it. It was going in, but I was there to tap it in. I'm not leaving, I guess it goes, yeah. well, I'm tapping in. He went mad at me. I thought, ah, fuck you, anyway, it's my goal, so... He, he was nasty, yeah, towards the young youngsters, but he sort of helped you a little bit as well, do you know what I mean? And him and Luke Rogers were playing, who was my so best mate. Yeah, yeah who, who was up front. And, and then I had to adapt a right wing position because Kevin said to me, the gaffer, he said, look, I want to get you in, so I don't know where to fit you. Them two were playing well. And anyway, I ended up playing right wing a lot of the time and I'd play the odd game up front. You take that, though, don't you? Just to play play football league was, was, was good enough for me. As as it gradually went on, I started playing and fulfilling me, me potential a little bit. But at Shrewsbury was like me five years apprentice. I was there for five years. Played different positions. We got relegated, got promoted to the conference, got promoted back up the first year. I was a big part of that. Played a lot of games that year. But I had some good moments there. I had some good moments yeah. at Shrewsbury. And then it went until I moved from there then uh, to, to Chester from there is where it really kicked on you know what I mean yeah. so going back to Shrewsbury that, that Everton that uh, Everton game yeah. <laughs> so what was that like for oh, you brilliant so um, he got two didn't he Jemson Jemson got two yeah you up front, front no I was playing right wing right wing so yeah. um, who were you up against there then who was the full back Naismith or someone Naismith yeah Naismith uh, Peter Clark played centre half Rooney played didn't he Rooney I got Rooney's shirt yeah I, I got yeah. the shirt I give it to um, Charlie's Chance Charity not long a couple of years ago I was right boss yeah, I, uh, I had it there and I actually got a message to Wayne Rooney through Anthony McLaughlin to say look ask him can I give it to the charity to sell I don't know how much it raised but it raised a few it was his first ever FA Cup shirt yeah people so that's say, 2003 isn't it yeah, yeah people say Rooney was big this Shit was fucking even bigger. Let me tell you, yeah, <laughs> it was just like that. Big but uh, and and you know what, mate? Yeah, that was that was special. I'd organised it through Kevin McLeod, who was a mate of mine, who, who was on the bench that day. But he was good, Kev. Wasn't Kev he was rapid, yeah. though. Yeah, he was he was excellent. He went on had a decent enough career, Swansea QPR and whatnot. Um, and he said, I said, look, make sure you give it me because Nigel Jemson was trying to get it. He ended up getting a spare one off the kit, man. So through yeah. his connections, he ended up getting a spare one. But the day, mate, I always remember the day. Like I, I, I think we had a. A minibus come up from the Shakespeare pub, so Bird's Isle fella and all that. They used to drink in a shaky, and the coach was like fucking full all the way up. Do you know what I mean? But in the end, there was hardly no, there was no Shrewsbury tickets left, so some of them had to go in the Everton end. Yeah, I don't know if you remember a fella called Schwampy used to used to own the uh, the Shakespeare big long hair. No, 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 he was he's died now. God bless him. But um, he was a good mate of me, my father in laws, and they all come. So obviously, my father in law and my family, my missus, that were in the Shrewsbury end, but. Got loads of Everton tickets. I just get the Everton tickets. He was in there. So when Jemson scores that free kick, I've got it on an aisle video, right? I'm yeah. like that, pretend to pick my nose on it. And um, 
when the ball goes in, you see Swampy jump up with his big dreadlocks. Yeah, and all the Everton fans are going, what the hell yeah, are you doing? Yeah. And he was actually a Man United fan. He was like dead. Like, you know, he, he was didn't want to be Liverpool or Everton. He just chose United because yeah. that's the way he was. Like, he was a bit... And um, and you can see it on the video and people saying, oh, really, really, swearing at him, who are you, who are you? He's like, I'm not asked, mate. Mate plays for Shrewsbury, all right? Yeah, so I'm for supporting yeah, him. Yeah, right. But um, Kevin Ratcliffe said to us that day, he said, look, if you're ever going to beat an Everton team, it's this the team you're going to beat. Yeah, I've had a little look through it, a, a little bit of my research there. Some of the Everton team was uh, Unsworth, Davy Weir, Alan Stubbs, Gravison, Rooney, um, and for you, it was uh, Babo in goal, Mark Atkins, Ian Wong. Only, yeah, only, mate, he was, oh, he had he was a left talented, foot. Man, he, won't. he had a left foot, like, it was a one, mate. He yeah. was a boss fella, won't he? I got on with all them ex, um, well, listen, Mark Atkins, I'm having a little bit of a fight with him away on pre-season, but, um, won the Premier League, mate. Jemson yeah. had been in the Premier League. Ian Wong, his left foot was like, wow. Uh, he, he'd lost the, uh, I was going to say, yeah, the pace, he'd lost the fucking few yards of pace, to be honest with you, but he could hit a pass, you know what I mean? Yeah, he had it yeah. on the money. Yeah, and we had some good players in there. Yeah, we had young Jamie Tolley who went on to represent England and that Dave Edwards come later on. He, he ended up playing the Premiership. Um, but yeah, mate, it was a special day. You know what? I always remember that day. I got home and went out. I don't know if it was a Sunday or the Saturday. I think it might have been a Sunday. So I'm in the living rooms. Remember the living rooms? Yeah, yeah. And one of my mates, I can't remember, was some fella come over, big uni. He went, hey, lads, did you play in that game yesterday? I went, yeah, mate, yeah, yeah. He said, you Ryan Lowe? I went, yeah, yeah. He went, one minute. Next, I thought, fuck, what's he going to do now? I thought he's a big staunch blue. He's going to come over and give me a slap around the ear or something. Come back with a bottle of Moe. He went, that's for you, that's son. He said, great game. Congratulations. Well done. I, thought, I don't even know who the fellow was to this day. Do you know what I mean? I thought, yeah. fucking hell, fair play. Um, but normally you'd get the odd one that would come over and go, hey, you, you fucking shite and this, that and the other. Yeah. But listen, fair play, mate. So they were the main things I remember on that. Yeah, it's right, mate. So then, you, as you said, then you went to Chester. Was that the, the obviously your first time at Chester? Yeah, so the time? first time at Chester, I um, I got a phone call off um, Stephen Vaughan, the owner at the time. I got a phone call off Mark Hazelwood. So we got back into the league, and the manager was um, Gary Peters, was a right weird manager. Do you know what I mean? Listen, he, he had success at at Preston. It was just totally different. You know what I mean? So then he made an approach for me. And he comes to me and said, Chester, I made the approach, but I won five grand for you. And I was like, five grand? Why don't you let me go? Because I'd still had, I went there through the season, I think, a bit through the season. Remember now, but I, I said, you can't be asking for five grand, just let me go. He went, no, we want, we want some money for you. So I went to Light Sands, well, if you want some money for him, then you're going to have to sort it out. Anyway, Stephen Vaughan could get any sort of deals done, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was, he was, um, he was quite clever and stuff like that. And anyway, he ended up, next thing I know, got a phone call, say, come on, get down to, to Chester. So the manager at the time was uh, Ian Rush, and yeah. his assistant was Mark Hazelwood. So I've gone from Kevin Ratcliffe, Everton legend, to Ian Rush, Liverpool yeah, legend. The fella who Yeah. So I thought, oh, hell, this is good. Listen, Chester was a, was, was a great club, but again, I was opted to play like right side because, you know what I mean? I think at the time, I forget who they had up front now, and I had to get through them. Michael Branch might have been there, yeah, he was the first time, and then. Someone this else. is anyway, before Mark Wright then, isn't it? This before Mark Wright, yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, Rush, Rush is there and I ended up scoring a few goals that, that year. But I remember them pulling me saying um, the game was the game was going on and I, and I didn't have the best of starts. He came over and he, had, he gave me a right rollock and he went, you've got fucking 10 minutes or you're coming off. I went, a bit harsh. The game's dead. Nothing's happening in the game. 
Next 10 minutes, bang, bang, scored two. I was fucking buzzing. I thought, right, it might have what I needed, but the opportunity just arose then. I think one was a back stick, one I just tapped it in from the left-hand side. And the other one was a striker just inside the box, like of a swivel. I thought, right, yeah, you just had a go at me there, but you didn't have a go at any others. But I think it was because he just paid five grand for me or whatever he paid for me. Yeah. And and I was this, you know, sort of, not marquee signing, but this signing that, you know, he was looked upon. Um, yeah, listen, he, he, he was all right. He... he in all honesty, I don't think managing was management was for him. Yeah, he, he yeah, was, you he was a bit. He, you know, he was. Listen, he was. He played for Chester as well, hadn't he? So he was a bit of a legend there. And then Mark Hazelwood was was the coach and whatnot. Um, and then he he left. What was he like in the uh, training and that? Rush. Was he was he trying? Yeah, no, I don't think. He, what I can remember, I don't think he, he really he showed you how much can finish because he weren't a technical finisher. Ian Rush was he? He was like an, yeah, um, he just burst through one on one and just, yeah, did, just scored. Just, yeah. So whereas Robbie Fowler was a technical striker, yeah. wasn't he a technical whip, whip finisher? And bend and that. Yeah, yeah. But Rush was a bit different. Let's don't get me wrong. He probably showed a little bit of technique at times, you know, shoot, doing shooting drills and that. But listen, I respect him. He was he was a great fellow. Remember, he had an IR Ian Rush on as a, a, a ring IR for his initials, yeah. and he used to swivel it round when he was talking. See, so an address yeah. room, you know what I mean? But probably not a natural talker, though, was he? He, he weren't. He weren't really. Um, look, he never went into management again. So I don't think it was for him. I think maybe the pull of just being Chester and maybe you know Stephen Vaughan getting him in as the manager. I think that was probably. But it certainly went for him, like. Yeah. So then, was it Mark Wright who come in after Rushy then? Yeah. So um, Mark Wright come in after Rushy. Got like so. so Mark all Wright the, to come back. The managers you've got here, like, so are like legends. Oh, yeah, that, legends. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. So then, I remember the time um, <laughs> they were having an argument. Mark Wright over something. So Mark Wright come in, and um, there was me, Michael Branch, Carl Regan, Stephen Vaughan, who else? Ben Davis. There's one or two others, and then. Um, Oh no, Keith Kale was there. No, Keith Kale coming first. No, Keith. Oh yeah, Key yeah. Keith Kale coming first. Yeah, no, Keith Kale was there first. So Keith Kale come in, and we were flying in League Two. Um, and then, Bonnie used to sack the managers, don't I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he ended up going. So Keith Kale, we ended up having a decent team under Keith Kale. Scored a few good goals. And we 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 um, we beat um. Forest in the FA Cup yeah, scored yeah. two. I don't know whether that was Key Kale now. Now we had that many managers. That I think I think it was Key Kale. 3-0 and you got two. Yeah, yeah, scored two, yeah. Um anyway, then Key Kale went. So uh Mark Wright coming. And uh, I did a few things about Mark Wright, different things, and I'm thinking, oh, fucking hell. Yeah, Mark Wright coming, so then um he sort of wanted to bring his own players, so he knew that we had not a click, but we just had them group of lads, you know what I mean? Like Brancy was good mates with the chairman. Stephen Vaughan was the chairman's son. Um, there was me, he was mates them, Carl Regan. Um, so he, he sort of, I think he wanted his own players in. Anyway, we played Wrexham away and I'd been sick all week. It was on a Sunday. So um, I, I was on the bench. So he changed to a three five two, which that's my formation now as a manager. And it, we used to play four four two. So Mark Wright turned around to me going, where should your mate be now? Where should your mate be? And I'm going... Riggs, where should Riggs be? Riggs played right side, uh, right wing back when he was a right back. So I said, well, I, don't, I don't know, Gaffer, if someone tells him, you know what I mean? He just pull him in or whatever at the time. I didn't have a knowledge of coaching and football and formations really then. So I think it was 26. So um, anyway, he, he said, I went, rubbish, he's crap, he's this, that. I said, oh, don't tell me, tell him anyway. I think we end up drawing or losing. And uh, at the end of the game, I think I come on for 10 minutes. So right, he's then come for me. And it's gone, come on, Lloyd, you watch the game with me. What do you think? What do you think? Because every bit of movement, any mistake, he'd, he'd turn to me, 
fuck, he needs to get hold of the ball. He needs to do something. So he was sort of having a pop at me, just knowing that I'd, have a, I'd tell the lad yeah, sort true, of thing. Yeah. So anyway, he comes in at full time. So he battered me. Oh, come on, you see. I said, oh, no, Gaffer, I've got nothing to say because I'm keeping my head down now. Come on, Ryan. You were... I said, no, no, no. Anyway, I, I thought, you know what, I've got to tell him now because he's asked me that many times. I went, Gaffer, I just don't think the lads are suiting 3-5-2. And he went, ah, oh, bullshit, bullshit. I went, well, <laughs> you asked me. Ask the lads. So the three centre-halves who've been talking about this formation, I was saying we don't want to play it, and Riggs. So uh, Dave Artel, Scott McNiven, um, Hesse, Sean Hesse, and then the next one was Carl Regan. So you went, right, let's ask them. Go on. Can you play? Do you mind playing there? Dave Artel, I'm fine with the cafe. Scott McNiven, I'm fine with the cafe. Sean Hesse, I'm fine with the cafe. I don't even have to fucking ask him. <laughs> the next one was Carl Regan, and I've gone, oh my God, he's walked out the room. So I stood up and went, you fucking shit houses. You've been fucking talking about this 3 5 2 that you can't shoot it. I said, and you fucking. And Branchy went, you fucking. Then Branchy stood up and said, you fucking shit houses. And as for you, he's walking out the door, you're a fucking clown to the manager. So next thing gets all rupted, there's all arguments going on. Next thing in the shower, we got off. Within five minutes, we get on the bus, ready to get butted back to Chester. Michael Branch gets a phone call, what the fuck's happened? Or Fawny or someone. And he's going, why? He went, well, he's been on the phone, said he wants you and Lowy out tomorrow. I went, sound. I'll fucking walk away, no problem, I'm out, I'll be done. So, um, Anyway, a couple of days later. So that next day, I remember being down in the banjo pub on the Sunday when I had a drink with the father-in-law and that, my missus. And um, a few of the lads were ringing around each other. So we rang Ben Davis, who was on our side sort of thing. And we said, Ben, what's got all that about? He went, oh, Lord, look, I don't want nothing to do with it. And, you know, I don't want to be falling out with anyone. But I went, oh, look, well, it looks like I'm done and Branchy's probably done. So um, it was March time, I remember. So I'd scored a load of goals. So there was two teams in for me at the time, Yeovil. My missus was pregnant with my lad at Alfie at the time. Yeovil were in for me, which is miles yeah, away. Yeah, I know Plymouth's far, but that's fucking the other way. And Walsall. So they were wanting 50 grand for me. So I thought, oh, I'm not going to let me go here. I said, I'm not going to Yeovil, no chance. My missus ready to drop. This is March now. I'll go Walsall. Paul Mason was the manager, so I thought, sound. I think Walsall were League One. Anyway, Walsall couldn't come up with the 50 grand. Yeovil couldn't come up with the 50 grand a lump sum. It was going to be over. And I said, right, I'm not going. So I said, right, I'll do a deal with you. I'll terminate my contract. So it was a big risk from me, really. So I thought, oh, fucking hell, what am I doing? But I thought, no, I, I can't. I, I, at the time, I couldn't work in, them, in, in, in that environment, you know what I mean? And I felt, well, look, I should be all right because um, I've scored, I think I've scored 18 goals or something. And in League Two, so I thought, any most clubs would take me. Do you know what I mean? Just seeing if I get out there. Yeah, it's just the double having to buy you. If the, uh... yeah. So anyway, and I was, on, I think it was on seven fifty at the time. The first time when I went to Chester, no, it was a thousand pound. I was on first went a thousand pounds. So I thought, Sam, listen, if I have to take a cut, I'll take a bit of a cut. So uh, my best mate was a, a, a crew, Luke Rogers. She went, wait there, let me go and see Dario. Now, Luke was a cheeky little fucker. He'd just go and ask. So next thing he's gone in and said to Neil Baker, who was the assistant manager, and Dario Grady, and has gone, my mate Lowy's at, at Chester. He went, yeah, we watched him. He went, well, he's, he's going to get out on a free. He went, really? He said, yeah, he's going to get out on a free. So he went, get him in. So I went and sorted it with Steve Moore. I said, just terminate my contract. You're not going to get no money for me. I said, it didn't cost nothing, so just let me leave. I said, because I can't work in this environment. I thought, right, look, we'll let you leave. Terminating my contract in March, right? So um, middle of the March, I always remember because my lad was born the 20th of April, so it was a month later. So it was about the 20th of March. I'd lots of calls I'd um, terminated. So I thought, shit, what have I done here? So goes home, said, right, that's me done there. Luke, Luke phoned me and said, get in Monday. I went, right, son. Turns up to crew, was there a week. 
just as it gone in, met Daddy O'Grady, he'd gone, right, so what's the situation? You're not getting paid? I went, no, Daddy O said, um, terminated, fell up, you know, bad vibe sort of thing. You know, we had an argument and whatnot. He said, okay, he said, no, no problem. He said, nothing else. He said, they won't want no money for you. I said, no, contract terminated, got all the, the papers. He went, okay, I'll keep you for a month. So uh, he went, are you getting paid? I went, no, no. He went, okay, I'll pay you £900 a week. I went, what? He went, I'll pay you £900 while you're on trial. I went, brilliant. Yeah, he went, trial, go in there, man. give your bank details in. I thought, fucking hell, they're paying me £900 a week. However way he'd done it or however he could do I don't know. So anyway, he paid me. So I was there a week. Pulled me and went, eh, we're going to sign you. I went, oh, brilliant, happy days. He went, I'll give you £1,000 a week. I went, brilliant, no problem. But for that for that month, I was there. No, sorry, I went. I didn't sign after a week. I was there for a week. And then the week later, I was off. And my missus was having a baby, so she had pain. So I was off for a few days. The following week, he said, we're going to sign. I said, brilliant. He said, we'll give you £1,000 a week. They were in the championship at the time. Yeah. So it was a big risk from me that I signed. Sorry, I left, terminated my contract at Chester with no money. Missus ready to have a baby. I thought, fucking hell, what have I done? But I knew that I'd, I'd, I'd gambled myself, not gambled myself, I'd, I'd, um, backed, yourself I'd backed myself to get a club because I thought, you know what, it's a big gamble, but I can back myself to get it. I knew I'd get a contract wherever I went on track because I knew now I'd been in seven years, you know what I mean, in the professional game. I knew how it worked. Um, and to be fair, yeah, you know, Daddy will give me a, a 12-month contract. So did, did you love your time there as well? Oh, crew was brilliant, mate. Listen, I... Um, definitely helped me as a player. Um, I reckon I, I become a better player, more technical uh, tactically aware, uh, knew what football was really about when I went to Crew. Crew were in the championship when I signed. Yeah. They got relegated that year. And I remember watching, they were played Cardiff at, uh, at home. I think that was the final story. They got beat 2 0. I think I was thought, shit, I'd love to go from League Two to the championship, you know what I mean? But Crew were like that. They give people chances, non league lads, lads down the lower leagues. But that first year, well, in fact, I was there for, uh, I, I was six months, was it six months in? I was about eight months in. And uh, I scored a few goals, I was flying, and Dario pulled me and said, I want to give you a new contract. So I remember the story, he went, um, I went, yeah, no problem. And I was on, like, um, I think it was on 13 goals from right wing and um, in League One. First year I played, played in it, like just off the striker type of thing. So um, 13 goals. I was trying to get to 15 goals, you know what I mean? Because I was going to go and say to him, because he offered me, I think it was on a grand a week, he offered me £1,200 a week. And uh, I thought, I'm going to be cheeky and ask for a bit more. So Dario went, you haven't come to me over your new contract, Ryan? Because it'd been like a week or two. I went, I know, I'm trying to get two more goals, Dario. He went, why? I went, so if I've got 15 goals, I've got better. Agalan, I can come in and say, look, I've got 15 goals. Give me more money. Yeah, I want 15, son. He went, how much do you want? I went, 13.50. He went, go down to Grand this afternoon, get a sign that we all done for you. I went, Shit, brilliant. Okay, thanks. I walked away and went, you bastard. Why didn't I ask for 15? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, mate, listen, again, you know, he, he was one of the, the best coaches I've worked with, technical ability, how he showed you what he'd done. Um, he, he was very, very good. And listen, crew played the right way, didn't he? Your football philosophy yeah. and the style of play and, and the players we played with there was, was different class. That's why so many players have sort of come through crew, haven't he? And, and established himself in the game as well, going up to the, the top levels. Yeah, they had mates, because you know what? He had a great relationship with football clubs, Dario, and crew itself. Excuse me, in terms of like, you know, look, this is what we want. We won't we won't take the piss, but we, we've we produced this player to be a Premier League player or a Championship player. We want reward for it. And listen, I think over the years, he's made that football club because he's, he's the money they've earned. You know, the training facilities have got there. The, the, you know, everything that goes with it is, is different class. 
So after the after crew Stockport on loan and back to Chester, is that how it went? Yeah, so what happened was you've probably I, forgot, uh, haven't you? That you've had that know, many mate, moves. I've had that many. You getting commission on any of these moves, like to get a percentage no, of any fees no, or not? No, 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 you don't fucking. Did you have don't. an agent at the time, or were you uh, yeah, I had an agent up and down, and I was like, you know, there was different agents who were like, you know, I remember being with Neil Sang years ago when I was first started out, but again, I, at the time, now looking back, I didn't need an agent because. I weren't really, you know, weren't moving to the championship then or League One. I weren't moving yeah, not, for big not fees. Not tons of money, yeah. No, yeah. it was only later on in my career I I, I end up having, um, you know, going for fees. But uh, so anyway, how it happened that Steve Holland coming, who, who Dario had left and resigned and gone to the youth team again under thirteen, the fourteen, whatever it was, and then um, Steve Holland coming and went, look, Ryan, I'm gonna. So Steve Allen now is the assistant manager of England and being at, at Chelsea, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's gone, right, I'm going to bring more youth through. Said, okay, Sam, no problem. He said, so I'm going to make it available. So I said, okay, no worries. So um, anyway, as, as it happened, he uh, he made me available. So I went, right, no, look, I'm not I'm not going. I'll go on loan and see how it goes. So anyway, we ended up going on loan to, to Stockport. So the back end of the season it was when he took over. Yeah, because it was a weird time he took over. And then I ended up going to Stockport. I only played one game and, and done my AC joint in my shoulder. Got got actually died for a penalty in the box and never got it. Shoulder pops so was out for like eight weeks. And in Stockport, I ended up getting to the playoff final. But I'd only contributed a little bit. You know what I mean? So so how it worked then was I just I just text Jim Gannon and went, look, you have to go in to get suits and all that made. And this is another thing with some managers. You know what I mean? He was quite rude, Jim Gannon. He didn't even text me back. But for me, I'd done the best thing. So he he, he had me honest to go. Could have went demo Rochdale. It was a good job I went Stockport and not Rochdale because I ended up playing and having a good career at Berry. I texted Jim Gannon and said, look, Gaffer, I'm not coming in. That's me done. Um, I don't deserve to be at Wembley because I, I didn't play a part to get to Wembley. You know, you, you you've have got there, the lads. Wish you all the best. Thanks for the opportunity on loan. Wish you all the best in, in, in the final. Anyway, didn't even get a text back off more a phone call to say, thanks, Ryan, this, that, that was it. Just blanked. I thought, yeah. oh, fucking hell. That's not how I'd work, you know what I mean, as a manager. And uh, yeah, Stockport ended up winning and ended up getting promoted. So then, in the in the summer, in the summer of that year, the the, the local paper rang me up of um, crew. I went, Ryan, what's your plans? Obviously, we're out. On, I said, look, the manager said I can leave, but I'm going to come back fitter, stronger. Because uh, I had twelve months left. I'm going to come back fitter, stronger. So he went, okay, perfect. Do you want me to put this in the bed? I said, yeah, put it in. I'm coming back fitter, stronger. I'm going to have a right good go. I'm going to fight my way into the team like anyone would anyway. You got to fight and work your way into the team. Went out big headlines. Low fights for place at, at, at um, a crew, not moving. Next thing, a couple of days later, Steve Holland pulls me in and goes, right, look, we're going to let you go. I went, well, I've got 12 months left, Steve. He went, okay, uh, we'll give you some money to leave. So anyway, I agreed the settlement to go. So I went down the club, agreed the settlement. For the, just on the way to the club, I'd phoned um, Stephen Vaughan again at Chester. He went, come here. He said, I'll, uh, how much are you on? I said, I was obviously on a bit more then at the time. So I said this much, he went, okay, um, come here, we'll give you three years on that money. I went, sign. So I went down the ground, signed my contract to the Terminator and drove from, drove from crew to Chester with a Czech, a, a nice big Czech. Yeah, and <laughs> signed a three-year contract at yeah, Chester. That's right. So you've got a three-year deal then at Chester. So signed, go, so agrees a three-year deal at Chester, goes over, signed. So as I said, drove from crew to, to Chester with a Czech. Again, listen, you know, looking at it now, it gambles really, you know yeah, what I mean? Took because it took risks, yeah. And I think you have to along the way. And 
Listen, I, I don't regret anything I've done in, in my football career, really, to be honest with you. Even when I left Liverpool at a young age because I didn't feel I was going to do it and you know, going on trial to Tranmere and, and not going back when I possibly might have went in. and you know, just don't regret anything, leaving Stockport and not playing in the final, stuff like that. I've gone over to Chester, signed this to your contract. So the, the manager was... Um, oh, God. Young lad. So he used to be uh, used to be at United, actually, winger. Uh, oh, terrible, I did not remember his name. Anyway, come through that he was like their reserve. And he, was, he was a cheap option. Name will come to me. Simon Davis. So um, he was the manager. So I thought he got me in and went, look, Lowy, you know, you're, you're an older pro, and you know, I want to make sure that you know. I think he was only about thirty-five. Kev Ellison was there at the time. So uh, I thought, okay, Sam, yeah. So right, you brought Kev back, I think. And then I thought, yes, yeah, Sam, look, I'm with you all away. Anyway, he, he put me, he pulled me off a game once, and. Um, I sort of spat my dummy out, and then he asked to have a way with me. I said, no, Gaffer, I, I'm not happy. I'll, I'll speak to you tomorrow. I got off from training after only being there a couple of weeks. But I felt the pre- he was under pressure, you know what I mean, really. What, what I should have done was said, okay, Gaffer, I hadn't spoke to him. And I sort of like spat my dummy out a little bit. And I did speak to him the next day. And he, he was finding it tough, you know what I mean, as the manager. So um, anyway, next thing, a couple of games in, he ends up getting the fucking sack, doesn't he? So Vaughan, he rings me. Ryan. I says, yeah, he says, you all right? I went, yes, I am, but what's happened with the manager who's coming in? Because there was loads of names touted around. He went, I'm bringing Mark right back. <laughs> I went, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so after me leaving on bad terms with Mark Wright, what, 18 months before, I was thinking, oh, my God. Well, that's me done then. I've just signed a three-year contract and you're bringing Mark right back. He went, no, look, I've had a word with him. He's two years older. You're two years older. I think, you know, it's gone now. So I said, all right, Sam, I said, you know, it is what it is. I'll just get my head down, you know what I mean? And I so, saw, right, he comes in, calls a meeting with me, and goes in, he goes, hi, hi, your son, and this, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, fuck it now. And I knew he changed a little bit, you know what I mean? So I thought, all right, fair enough, give him the benefit of the doubt, give him a chance, he'll have to give me a chance, I'll give him a chance. I'm here for three years, I could be here longer than him. So anyway, got on great with him. He was brilliant. Yeah. Um, total different to the, year, to the couple of years before. I think because he knew now he needed me again. I went back to Chester, I'm scoring goals. So I was, I was flying. I think he ended up scoring 20 goals that year, but we ended up getting relegated, which we in a great year. And then Chester was on the dem- uh, demise a little bit then, you know what I mean? It was yeah. on the way down a little bit, and which was which was a real shame. But yeah, so anyway, what Wright had done for me in the second spell was great. So same wages were, I don't know, a grand a week for argument's sake. Berry rang him up, and I'm in the office. He went, Alan Nil, Berry. I said, yeah. He went, do you want to go? I went, where's Berry? He went, 45 minutes from yours, I thought. Yeah, go on, Berry, I'll do. So at the time, I was thinking, where, where am I going now? You know what I mean? There was, I was linked with Because I thought, I just want to make sure I finish on the iron, score my goals. Season had finished. Right, he's in. Being relegated. He went, what do you want to do next year? I was on too much money for them in the conference. So he went, um, I said, look, I'm going to have to leave. Went, right, won't stand in your way. We'll let you, we'll let you leave, terminate your contract. So Alan Hill rang him. So he said, yeah, Nelly's on. 15. All right, a bit much for us, that. He went, uh, all right, no problem. Leave it with me. Can I have his number? Next thing out, he's given my number. I've gone out the ground. I said, right, you're a nice one for that. So I've gone out the ground. Alan Hills rang me. He said, can you come up and I'll meet you? So I met him. I remember meeting him somewhere in the Wesley Marion, I think, up um, the Lanks there. I got to know him and all that. He went, right, look, your wage is a little bit high for us. He said, will you take a little bit of a hit? I went, yeah, come on, what, what are you thinking? He went, we'll give you this. I said, yeah, it was only 100 quid, 200 quid or whatever. I thought, yeah, sign. He said, we'll give you a two year deal. And that was it. So whereas me and Wright, he had a bit of a bad thing the first time, the second time, he actually helped me out, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's right. So like, so from then, I bet he, from the start, you're just like a bit of a legend, aren't you? Where I bet he? Yeah. So what happened was, I, 
I'd hadn't played for Berry before, but when I, when I got there, Nearly said to me, look, you're going to be one of four strikers. And the lad called Andy Bishop there. So I said, right, son. So I bowled in now with like a bit of a an ego type because I've thought, need to go in and, and show these that like, you know, I've scored 20 goals in this league not long and scored a couple against Berry in the two games we played them. I need to, these to know I'm going to be the, the, the main man, the main striker. But Andy Bishop, the fans loved him. He was, he was, he was their main man. So I thought, right, I need to push him aside, but be a partner with him as well. You know what I mean? I need to become something. So we said, you're going to play up front? I went, right, perfect. Because that year, I'd scored the 20 goals. It was one of my first years I'd played up front, really, in the league. I scored 20 goals for Chester. So um, I've gone in pre-season. Yeah, OK, scored a few goals. I'm thinking, I'm on it. Um, me and Bishop had a little deal on the penalties. I said, come on. He went, right, you miss one, I miss one. Or if you miss one, come to me. Or if I miss one, it goes to him. I said, OK, sound. So next thing you know, playing, scoring, doing all right. A couple of weeks later, Al Nil pulls me out of the team for a lad called Jordan Robinson on loan from Sheffield United. And Nilly was from Sheffield, so he'd probably watch this lad loads in the reserves. He's left me out and I've knocked on the door and said, Gaffer, can you just let us know why you've left us out? Like, tomorrow, he went, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with the two big lads. I went, two big lads? Now, Bishop must have been two inches taller than me and Robinson was too much, two inches taller than me. So I went, what big lads? He's went, Bishop and Robbo. Oh, so you're telling me the fucking big lads now, are you? I said, so they're what, six foot three, six foot four? But no, but we're playing Ackenton and I want a bit of height and a bit of physicality. I said, okay, you may want a bit of physicality, that's fine, tell me that. But height, don't use that as an excuse, height. So me and Alan Hill now are fucking locking horns in his office because I thought, I haven't just come here for nothing. I could have picked probably Chesterfield, I turned Cookie down, Cookie offered me a lot more money. Um, I turned Ackenton Stanley down. Fucking hell, poor John, I turned him down about three or four times in my career. <laughs> Good job he's still my mate. But um, I thought, I haven't just come here to sit on the bench. So he went, yeah, no, I know you haven't. I said, well, don't use an excuse to say that, the two big lads. He went, yeah, you're right. I went, right, I'm out. He went, all right, walked out. I went, then he went, well, it's not all right, is it? Fucking sit down. So I've gone, oh, shit, he's turned on me now. So I've gone, I said, go on, yeah, what is it? He went, look, I'm going with two big lads, okay? It might be right, it might be wrong, but I'm going with, I'm the manager. I said, that's fine, no problem, but don't use an excuse to say that you're going to use, you're going with the two big lads, because they're not big lads, they're just an inch or two inch bigger than me. And he went, all right, no problem. I said, look, it's fine, don't worry, I'll get my head down. Tomorrow, I just wanted to come and see you today. I'll be in right as rain tomorrow, best attitude you'll see. He went, good, right, walked in, Saturday afternoon. All right, lads, all right, Gaffy, okay, yes, sound, sat in with the lads, wished all the boys the best, good luck, lads. Getting beat 2-1 at half time, puts me on at half time. I think I scores two or one. Either way, whatever the score was, we ended up winning. And I scored. So, um, end of the game, and he's come over to me, arm around me. Well, well fucking done, you. I've gone, you won't fucking do that again, will you, Gaffer? He went, no, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to that day, he never, ever left me out. And I went on and scored. Um, we just missed out that year. Yeah, we just missed out that year. Didn't do nothing in the following year. Uh, we were on the verge of, we ended up getting promoted, but then nearly, nearly um, sort of, Fucked off to Scunthorpe in the championship and left us. And then we we end up getting promoted. Richie Barker coming and helped us out. But like me, Stephen Schumacher and Effie Sodji with Richie Barker, he said, he said, the club said, right, go and use just control it. We had a great set of lads, great, great team at Bonding. The togetherness was brilliant. You know what I mean? Everything we'd done, we'd done together. You know, on a night out of footy lads, you only get about six or eight, don't you? We used to have 20 strong going out to yeah. Manchester or wherever we'd go, Liverpool. Yeah, we had a great set of lads. End up getting promoted that year. Um, and then when we got promoted that year, the second year, funny this, so obviously our wages went up because we got promoted, so I went in and asked for a pay rise. 
sorry, we got we ended up helping get Richie get the job because Richie was a, a boss bloke. You know what I mean? I went on to do all right in management. We ended up helping him get the job. He got it. So at the end of the season, we were in Marbella. The chairman at the time took us all away. So I'm saying, give Richie the fucking job. He's one of us. He's a good lad and all. I said, the chairman's now listening to me because I've scored um, 28 goals that year. Got lead to play the year out of a lot of good strikers. Um, we ended up getting promoted, which which was the icing on the cake. So I'd gone in and asked for it. I think I asked for the next £100 a week, Mick, pay rise. And the chairman at the time said, no, no, we, we need to wait to see if you can do it in League One. I went, all right, son. So that's the case then. Fucking hell, you know, we need to see if we're doing league. league one. Just scored your 28 goals. I'm asking for an extra £100 a week pay rise. Anyway, well, we've got to wait, got to wait. So League One, I come back fitter again, proving people wrong, which was my motto. I just wanted to prove people wrong right yeah. away from grassroots, right away to wherever. Even in life now, you want to prove people wrong. So I'm going to prove them wrong. Seven games, seven goals scored in every game. Was, that, come to was me. that when you you done a record, didn't you? Was it like... I'd done that the year when I scored the 28-9-9 yeah, yeah. or something. Nine yeah, nine in the game. Yeah. yeah, nine in the row. But then that year in League One, I scored seven goals. I scored against Sheffield Wednesday, Charlton, um, Leicester in the Cup. And yeah, I was on fire. At the start of Huddersfield away, the, the season I started, I thought, well, now next in chairman comes in, do you want to sign that new contract, the extra £100 a week? I went, no. He went, why? I went, well, it won't be an extra £100 a week now, will it? Because you said, see if I can do it. By this time, I've got interest off Sheffield Wednesday, Bournemouth, Bradford, um, there was a couple of other lo- other clubs I think Walsall were back on the seat. there was a couple of other clubs that were all interested so when I get a phone call off Carl Regan he went to me Lowy do you want to meet me agent he reckons he's got you to move so I went yeah fucking hell son I'll meet him so um, listen love me time at Berry but when Sheffield Wednesday come crawling you can't say no do you know what I mean yeah, massive, massive club, club mate, yeah. massive. so um, anyway I met this agent in Deansgate on the Sunday they'd all been out on a Saturday night so we said look right Lowy I've got you a few clubs interested Spoke to Lee Bradbury, who was the manager of Bournemouth at the time in League One. But at the time, I thought, I've got a young family, don't want to move to Bournemouth now, you know what I mean? Where if I can go to Sheffield Wednesday, even better. So when he told me about Sheffield, because I was grew up with Liverpool Derby, Liverpool Everton Derby, Glasgow Rangers, Celtic Derby, and the Steel Derby, the yeah. Sheffield Derby, that's what yeah. my old man used to say to me, they're, they're good derbies. So uh, I thought Sheffield Wednesday would be a killer. I said, I'd love to get there. Like So he went to me, looked there after a lad called... Um, who comes to me? Do you have another player? So I was second on their list. So he said to me, um, "If if he got if he turns it down and goes somewhere else, he'll have you." Anyway, the next day after speaking to Lee Bradbury, Lee said, "Look, we can offer you. They used to pay like just let's say fifteen hundred pound a week, but then you'd have like fifty or hundred grand sign on for a year." I was thinking, "Ah, oh, it's a bit dodgy that you might never get it." No one means I just have my wages, whatever my wages are. So um, next thing, the agent rings and goes. That player's gone to um, Coventry. I've gone, fucking get in. He went, so, up there tomorrow, do you want to speak to you? He said, but you need to go into Berry and say to Berry that you want to leave. So I had a buyout clause in my thing for 100 grand, 120 grand. They activated the buyout clause. Sheffield Wednesday made the process right, we'll pay the 120 grand. So Richie, I've gone into Richie, because at the time, Richie was a Sheffield Wednesday lad. Come through the ranks there. And he went, Lloyd, the only team I'm letting you go for is Sheffield Wednesday. This was a couple weeks before. So I've gone in and said, right, Rich, the offer's gone in now. He went, what? I said, Sheffield Wednesday. He went, oh, then, see you later. I can't stand in your way because he said he wouldn't, know what I mean? Yeah. He wouldn't have anyway, but because it was Sheffield Wednesday, his club, he went like a great club. And then I, I left midway August time, just before the deadline had finished, turned up at Sheffield Wednesday. He bought me for 150 grand, 120 grand, rising to 150. So obviously you're, um, you're a pro anyway and you're flying, but then you're, you're at somewhere like Sheffield. 32 Sheff then. And do you think? Do you think when you're at Chef Words, oh, hell, this is what I've this is what I've sort of like. Do you know what, Mick? I think 
as I said to you before, I just wanted to play football, whatever, right? I'd say to players now, you need to you need to nail a position down. Because I reckon, listen, I'm not saying I would have went and played in the premiership, you know what I mean, by no stretch of imagination, but I, I didn't nail a striker's position down until I, I was probably 27, 28, maybe a little bit longer, 29, when I was at Chester the second time, really, started scoring the goals. So from 32 to, to 39, when I retired, I scored over 100 goals, 100 league goals. Just shows, so from 30, from about 29, when I hit 20 goals at Chester, that was it. The following year at Berry, I think I hit 16. The year after that, I hit 28. Then I moved to um, then I moved to to Sheffield Wednesday and ended up scoring. Didn't play as much there, ended up scoring. I think it was 10 goals in 20 starts, something like that. I've got down here 200 plus career goals from the year 2000 onwards. Yeah. So hundred. You've done yourself out of hundred, not there. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. No, I knew, no, I knew I'd scored hundred up until then, but it was it was after um, from thirty two onwards I'd scored more than yeah, hundred. Yeah. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Because I was playing striker then all the time, so I'd played like so as I say then I, I was at Chester scored. Can't remember how many goals. Ten, no nine, nine in twenty starts or something. But I had seven for Berry, so that was another probably sixteen. Year after that went to MK Dons, scored sixteen. Year after that went back to Tram, went to Tramia, scored twenty. Year after that, went back to Berry, um, contributed about sixteen, maybe or fifteen. Then, so uh, again, listen, there was after thirty two, I scored Even a lot of goals. When you went back to Crew, you, you were flying when you went. Yeah, yeah, when I went to Crew, scored a lot of goals there. Yeah, but again, like you know, I think nailing down a position early doors is is, is key. You know what I mean? And valuable, really, because if if you nail down a, a natural position, so as a striker, no, we just want to play football, play striker. You no, know, it went until later on in my career, I, I got that opportunity to play as a striker. And who knows what what it might have done? You know what I mean? It's like um, be like I was a forward myself, but being from the city, and you see like lads not too much older than me, fucking scoring all kinds of goals mm-hmm. in the league. And it's like some people are like fucking. You get these jealous cunts, don't you? But all all the lads like my mates and all like fucking hell. Look how well he's doing there. It's boss. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's boss, isn't it? No, listen, mate. It was I loved every every minute of it. I was one one regret when I was at Sheffield Wednesday. We got promoted, so I got promoted from League Two to League One with Berry, and then. The season had started at Berry and then left and went to Sheffield Wednesday. We got promoted to the championship then that year. And Gary Megson was the manager. He was a brilliant manager, Meg. Always. So when I was at Wednesday, he was like, like, there'd be times when I always wanted to know where I'm playing or why, you know what I mean? Because some managers, I always tell my players now if they're not playing and why they're not playing. And I don't give any bullshit excuses. I just say how it is. If they were shite, I'll say, look, you were shite. So, and I'll give you the other game you didn't quite do. I tend to give, as a manager now, uh, players the opportunity the next game if you had a bad game I'll give you the next one if you have another bad game well something's not right you know what I mean you're out of form whatever so Megson left us out so um, well I've been scoring goals coming off the off the bench so when I see him I said Gaffer well, any chance he went look you're not playing tomorrow but you're playing next week I went well he went look we're playing such and such tomorrow and I need two big lads and we did have big lads Gary Medina O'Grady they were six foot twos and six foot threes yeah. so I had that one and he went, but you'll play next week against Lincoln or someone. He said, because I want you to get down the side of the centre half. I was like, okay, brilliant, that, that's fine. Um, but he stuck to his word in that play. Anyway, he ends up having a bit of a fallout with the chairman. That year we had so many games, it was like 10 games or so left or eight games, and Dave Jones come in. And we end up getting promoted then to the championship. So I thought, oh, fucking brilliant, I'm in the championship. Where I got for him, Dave Jones? Yeah. No, he was shit. No? No, I hated him. Did you hate him? Yeah, well, I didn't hate him. Didn't hate him, but he, he shafted me a little oh, bit, so I'll, I'll talk about yeah. it now. But yeah, listen, he'd done... He, listen, when I say... Probably shouldn't say he was a shit manager. He was a good manager for what he'd done at other clubs. Yeah, yeah. But for me... And even even that um, 
Yeah, career-wise, he had a, he yeah, had a, oh, yeah, for the career-wise, he had, he had a great career, as imagine. But for, for me, I uh, I used to play with his son Lee at Southport all the years ago. So when he first came in, I was one of the players. He pulled me right over and went. Uh, he, he goes, "Oh yeah," I said, "All right, Gaffer." He went, "What what's happened here?" I went, "Nothing." He went, "What do you mean?" I went, "Well." He basically said, why am I here? He knew why he was there, do you know what I mean? But I went, well, I don't know, mate. He said, he said, what was the manager like? He said, he was sound, good as gold. He said, but I said, I think he had a fallout with the owner. He went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't disclose too much into it. But he sort of wanted me a little bit on their side. And he brought a lad called Alex, Alex Armstrong in. He was the fitness coach. And he brought um, Terry Burton in, who was top drawer. Terry Burton was the best. That's who he had with him. He was the coach. He was little fella he, he was he was top draw still speak to, he's at Southampton now Terry doing head of recruitment and that he, he's he's a good bloke Terry so anyway long story short while I was there this Alex Alex Armstrong pulled me and goes oh you have a word I went yeah he went listen he said you scratch our back and we'll scratch yours you know, any bad eggs let us know and we'll get them out and I went Alex you're asking the wrong person here mate I said see all these lads in here all, and listen you had Clinton Morrison David Proton Nicky Weaver these are all playing the premiership these players yeah, Anthony Gardner there, there was loads Tottenham there, you know what I mean all good lads uh, now Ranger come in from uh, he was a he was a madman good lads but mad from uh, Rangers from Newcastle and I went no you've got no chance I'm not scratching anyone's back I'm here to do my job mate and get on with it he went oh, alright but you know just I said there's no bad lads here they're all good lads and they're probably the bad lads who were who are, I think, probably rather out on loan anyway or not here, so I can't complain about any of them players, and they're all good lads. So anyway, I think it shot me in the foot later on. So, gets promoted, thought happy days, perfect. So, gets goes in, has a meeting with the manager, just a couple of days after the season had finished. He had one-to-ones with everyone. Uh, no, he didn't have one-to-ones, really. he had a group meeting, said, right, lads, look, brilliant with him, we're going to be back this day, we're going to be back this, we're going to have a good go in the championship, and I thought, oh, fucking hell, brilliant. So, we're getting, we're getting a coach now to Marbella, picking us up from the from the, from the um, training ground. It's outside. Taking us to Nottingham Airport to get a flight to Marbella. Chairman had paid for it, Milan Mandridge. So I've gone, wait there a minute. I need to get this off my chest. I need to speak to the manager. Upon it. Gaffer, you went, what the fuck's up with you? You're getting on a bus now. I said, no, listen, my career's more important. Future, he went, gone what? I went, am I getting a chance next year in the championship? I said, because I've worked my bollocks off to get here. He went, 100%, you've got 12 months left, haven't you? I went, yeah. He went, definitely, I'll give you a good chance, mate, 100%, you'll be fine. Uh, just come back nice and fit, strong, I'll make sure I give you the chance. You're one of us and all that. Oh, fucking perfect, when I had the best holiday ever. Yeah. My bear, Chilled all then, yeah. So, long story short, comes back pre-season, but away in Portugal, didn't play any of the games in pre-season Portugal. I'm thinking, something's not right here. Carl Robinson rings me from MK Don. Don't go, Doncaster, don't go, Doncaster. I went, what the fuck are you on about? Dean Saunders was the manager there. I went, what are you on about? He went, just don't go there, come to us. I went, why? He went, trying to sell you for 50 grand. So that's me, then I've gone in, bang on the door to the cafe. What the fuck's happening? He's gone, yeah, look, the lads who are bringing in to replace you, you won't be too disappointed. I'm not asked who you're bringing in to replace me. What you said to me, you're going to give me a chance. I've come back, fit as fuck. One of the fittest at 33. I said, and, and you're just like blowing me out now. I said, it's not, it's out of order. He went, look, right. He said, you can stay here and pick up your money, no problem, or you can, you can leave. He said, either way, you know, it, it, um, it's irrelevant I thought well I'm not going to just pick, sit here and pick up my money and not be involved and saying yeah. on a Saturday morning that's yeah, not you know, me that age, you need to play yeah I need to play and Carl Robinson then come in and said look we'll pay the 50 grand give me the same wages what I was on at, at, um, at Sheffield Wednesday and an extra year so I thought you know what fuck it I'm going to go did you know Robbo anyway from yeah I knew him briefly yeah obviously knew he was uh, known him from around the area do you know what I mean uh, obviously knew he was a good coach and he said, come, get, come down. So at the time, was John Semmerboard, he was at Sheffield Wednesday with me, who yeah. left to go there, Darren Potter. Yeah. 
with uh, at Liverpool and Nick Kay, yeah. And we used to have a train crew. We used to get the train every day and stay up a couple of nights a week. And you've had obviously your battles now with the Robo, haven't you? With yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Battles, but you know what? Obviously, when Carl signed me again, so going back to so when I signed for them, I struggled a little bit because they they play the four two three one, just one up front. Now was that one, and I struggled early on. And uh, as I say to Carl, look, I need to, I need a bit more because he'd say, "Don't come to the ball, stay in around their final third, and we'll get the ball to you." Anyway, the, as as I got it going, you know what I mean, we had some run-ins as well, me and Carl, just because we we clashed a little bit. This was I always respect mutual, especially mine to him as the manager. Never nothing like that. Always doing what he asked me to do and that. But he always should. Well, you're asking me to do this and I can't do that. I can't get there. And anyway, end up scoring 16 goals that year. I think so. It was all right a year, but then after that, I knew Sammy were on the horizon and wanted me. So I said to Carl, look, the commute's killing me. Like, my missus used to get on a train with the kids to Milton Keynes on a Friday and stay with us for the game on a Saturday. And, yeah. and then we'd travel back. I said, and it, it just weren't working. And I think Carl was trying to sign Patrick Bamford, who he ended up signing, who, who was a good player, obviously. Uh, he ended up getting him back that year. So I just said, look, Carl, I said, if I can, mate, I just sort of some money out and I'll leave. So, again, I ended up leaving with a nice check to them from MK Dons with 12 months left. Which I appreciated because they paid fifty grand for me, and then he more or less gave me a right few quid to leave as well. You know what I mean? So yeah. it went in their favour financially to do it. You know, but I said to Carl, "Look, make it happen." And then um, I went and signed for Tramia, mate. Yeah, so back at Tramia, what, what was it like then? Do you know what Tramia? I always wanted to play for Tramia because Tramia was like, if you can't play for Liverpool, Everton, play for Tramia. Yeah, big club Tramia. Big Obviously club, nowadays big. it's it, but Do you know what? Back a in the day, you. you David Speedy's and all yeah, that. Yeah. I hope so. I hope a lot of Tamiya fans are listening to this because what, what I'll tell you now, the story I'll tell you, as I said, for, for the book one day, but I was actually treated really at Tamiya. So, sign for Tamiya. Let's just say I was on, I was on good money at MK Dons, right? So, I took probably, I'd say, a 50% pay cut to go and play for Tamiya from MK Dons. Yeah. Just to be on. So it went about the money, and a lot of them called me greedy. Say you greedy bastard, and this, that, and the other. And when we played for Berry, they were flashing twenty pound notes at me, and that which which this will tell them and prove them wrong. So I um, I left MK Dons yet with a, a decent check. Um, so I come to a compromise with them, and then when I signed for Tramia, so Ronnie Moore had me honest. I thought, no, I want to play for Tramia. We're in League One. They nearly missed, just missed out the year before. I thought, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, gonna have a good go with them. So. Um, Anyway, size for Tramia, two-year deal on the money. My missus was like, well, what are you doing? It's like, I said, I know, but look, you know, the more goals I score, I'll incentivise and you know, I'll be all right. And So anyway, done it. So I had a good season, but we started getting beat all the time. I ended up scoring 20 goals for Tramia that year. I ended up getting relegated. I thought, oh, fucking hell. I ended up captaining a club. So captaining more or less to relegation as well, do you know what I mean? Because Goodison was injured, Wallace was injured, Robbo was injured at the time. Um, a great set of lads. We just couldn't, when we'd win, the teams around us would win. Yeah. There was never no like sorters, you know what I mean? Anyway, we ended up getting relegated. So we had this fella come in called Jeremy Butler. And um, he was he used to be a reporter or, or like a um, I think he was a reporter for something for like a, a big paper. And um the chairman at the time was trying to sell it. So he brought him in to sort of cut the wage bill and sort of like, you know, have the wages where like well, Tammy have always paid decent wages just, just weren't great anyway so he made he wanted to make a lot of cuts so my money because we've been relegated got got went down to 25% so I took a 50% pay cut to go to Tammy to sign for them when I could have signed for Chesterfield and whoever else who were all after me at the time um, 
So took a 50% pay cut. Then we got relegated. Then I had to take another 25% pay cut. Right, down. So I thought, I'm not taking another 25% pay cut. I can't. I've took a 50% pay cut. Literally, it just probably pay me bills. I wouldn't be able to feed the fucking family. Do you know what I mean? So um, I went and seen Jeremy Butler. went, look, Jeremy, he was like the CEO at the time. Or the vice chairman, whatever he was called. So um, I said, look, Jeremy, right, I've scored 20 goals. I want to stay at the football club. I want to commit myself. I said, I'll even sign an extra year. But I can't take a pay cut. He went, well, we'll have to sell you then. I went, what? He went, we'll have to sell you. I went, what do you mean? I said, I want to stay. I don't want to just, just sign. I said, I want to help the club get back up the league. I said, so he went, no. He said, um, we'll just sell you. So if there's anyone out there that offers, we'll get with you. So I said, are you taking a piss? He went, no. I said, well, just give me an extra year. And the same money I was on. Oh, I, I don't need an extra year. I'll just keep me year, but don't don't let me money go down 25%. So he went, all right, yeah, no problem. Um, I'll have a word with someone, but ideally, uh, ideal situation is we'd rather sell you. We, we we're not going to be able to do it. I went, all right, sounds. Good that someone in after me. Thanks for everything. See you later, bye. He'd been there nearly 10 years. Yeah. Didn't even offer him a contract. Captain and everything. Captain everything, yeah. Got rid of loads. So in the end, I knew Barry were interested then. So um, anyway, gets a phone call. John McMahon was um, was like the caretaker manager at the time when we went down. And uh, he went, look, listen, they're going to accept the bid off Barry for you. He said, can you find out how much it was? Anyway, I think it turned out to be 50 grand. But for all I wanted to stay, that Jeremy Butler was too quick to get rid of me for the 50,000 quid, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, not a lot of Tammy fans know that. Because I've never come out and that's I'm not going to go on social media and say, oh yeah, this what happened, that what I thought. I'll wait for a day, whether it's a book or something like a podcast to tell a story about it. Yeah. That basically, he couldn't wait to get rid of me for 50 grand. And if you ask me where the 50 grand went, I don't, I don't fucking know. Because <laughs> so, I don't think... So then when you're coming club. up against them, they're giving you, giving you a bit of strength. So I went back to Berry then and um, we ended up getting... Yeah, went back to Berry. We ended up getting promoted that year, which which was which was great. You know what I mean? Because obviously that's what I went back there for, and we ended up getting promoted at Tranmere's pitch on Tranmere's pitch. Yeah. So twice we got promoted on Tranmere's pitch. But listen, I think the majority of the fans at Tranmere knew what I was about, knew what knew, knew where I was. A lot of people said I was greedy. I was this, that, and the other. It weren't about that. It was like fun for the family. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people knew. But listen. As quick as I left, as quick as they took the fifty thousand quid. Yeah, of course, of course. So let, let's fast forward then to uh, to Berry when they sort to ask you to step in and, and look after the club a bit. Mm. So listen, at the time, the chairman had a good relationship with him, and we'd had managers and didn't quite work, and the budget was like through the roof. And the chairman said to me, "Look, just step in." And he said, "I'm looking for a manager. Just step in six games. Just want to see a different. You know, you the lads all love you. You're a good lad." And just, I said, okay, right, I'll get the lads on side. So, changed the training, nice and fun, and made it just look, lads, you know, we've lost a few games, but we're still in the chance of staying in the league. Yeah, okay. So, we stepped in. We had, had two games against um, Wigan and Blackburn. They were the two losses. Um, so, we lost two, won two, drawn two. So, I thought, well, that's all right, that, you know what I mean? I've got some good points on the board there. So, six, seven, eight, nine points. I'm thinking... Happy days, you just, you just don't know where it might, well, no, it's eight points, or six, yeah, eight points, I thought, never know where it takes you, so the chairman said, look, I'm going to employ someone, okay, sir, so he employed Chris Lachetti, that didn't work out, uh, he come back to me, and went, right, I'm going to give you the job until the end of the season, you can bring a coach in with you, I said, okay, so I just want to see a different style, he said, I'm sick of the shit football, he said, come on, I want to excite me a bit, I thought, so I said, right, leave me to it, then let, let's do it, he went, okay, look, I'm not bothered, we get relegated, we get relegated, nothing we can do, I've, you know, Partly my fault with the wages and whatever else, paying big money and, you know, um, players not performing and all that. So I tried to galvanise the group then when I knew I had. So I brought me assistant manager, me Stephen Schumacher at the time. 
and Ryan Kidd helped us, so she was like the coach, and Kiddo was a coach, and you know, mostly we all done the work, and we got some good points, we generated some good points, we nearly stayed up, but we had a week of lost three and a bounce, and that sort of killed us off, so on the verge of getting relegated, I went and seen the chairman and said, look, am I having this job next season, because I feel I can do something, if you give me, you know, if you give me the the tools to play with and get the right people in and I can get people out and, you know, cut the budget down a bit. He went, yeah, definitely, you're going to get it. So anyway, part of that was thinking, oh, well, I don't need it in writing. So I thought, no, I'll trust him. Anyway, he come up Trump's in the end to give me a two-year contract. I know it probably, not early because because the age you were, but were you, were you looking towards... The, the first to, time, Mick. Were you looking towards doing that anyway, the, coaching, manager? Yeah, so I'd done all my B licence and my A licence. The first time when I took the six games, after the six games, I didn't think I was ready. So... I should have told you that story then. So after one of the games, he gets in the car, me and Mrs. driving, so I'm fuming. My little lad sits in the middle. So he's 14 now, so he'd probably been out 11. So he sits in the middle, he's looking in the middle, and I'm just like sort of blanking him. And um, driving down the road, Mrs. didn't speak, little lad didn't speak. And I just looks in the middle, and my little lad goes, don't worry, Dad, just win next week. I broke my heart. I thought, you fucking idiot, what have you done? So then I've gone, do you know what, mate, you're right, you're right. I said, um... We will ne- win next week. From that day on, I've taught myself, football's football. My ma- Whatever my managerial career takes me, I'm never, ever going to get in the car with my family and take it home. So then when he gave me the job, I thought, right, whatever comes my way, I'll, I'll take it. So the second time, after the first time, I thought, wait for me because I got in the car and sort of dismissed me, missing me little lad. Second time, I said, right, let me do it my way because I don't want to be taking anything home. Anyway, we ended up getting relegated, so I thought, well, listen, I had to take responsibility a little bit, but it weren't my team, it weren't the way I wanted it, it was, you know, loads of different circumstances, but I knew if I got given the tools and given an opportunity, we'd be successful. Yeah. And, second time now. And then, obviously, got promoted and that, didn't you? So, yeah, so what, what happened was, mate, he, he obviously stuck with us, and it was a bit of a turbulent time, to be honest, the first few months, I always, I always said to the old chairman, look, whatever you do, just just make sure you pay the players for me. Do you know what I mean? However way you got it. And to be fair to him, to a degree, he he, he always paid the players. However way he got it, he got it. Um, so we're on a crest of a wave now. We're flying. Um, a few run-ins with the chairman at the time because he was wanting a bit better than what we, we were at. And you know, we're in a sprint. It was a marathon. And, um, you know, we still had the respect for each other. But I was the manager. I wanted to do it my way. And we, we had a great set of lads. And, and we hit a crest of a wave where we thought, you know what, this is us now. And then the club got took over. Um, can't go too much into detail with the, with, with the owner who came over at the time, but it, it, it went pear-shaped. Yeah. And that's when I knew, I thought, shit, we're in shit street here. So what I did try and do with the lads then, I said, look, boys, I said, you know, they'd, they'd been paid up until January. Uh, February, March, April, May, June was a nightmare for, for them. So there was four or five months where... He got bits of money, didn't get it all. It was it, it was carnage. How was that? How was it for you trying to like keep my all up and keep? Do you know what I've done, mate? You know what I've done, mate? I, I listen. There was there was a couple of players that had to lend money to myself. I was quite fortunate, more than some of them. You know what I mean? I'd been in the game a long time, and I had savings and monies, and you know I helped one or two out along the way for nappies and foods and stuff because that was just me. I'd, you know, fucking hell, I'd, I'd give me last ten of the way if I could. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I had to, sort of thing, but. It, it it was it was tough, mate. But what I did do is it got emotional sometimes. Listen, the group of lads will go down in history. What you know what I mean? What we had, 
there was a few that are a bit like, oh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not training. I don't want to train. I was like, look, that's fine. If you don't want to do it, no problem. I had to take one or two lads out the team because it was mentally affecting them. Um, I fucking was on the phone to the PFA all the time trying to get help and, and PFA were good with them in the end. But it got emotional, mate. So we used to have meetings with them and, and, and I sit here and tell you now, I, I cried in front of them because I wanted them to know that it was hurting me just as much as it was hurting them. My team, that team and this team now as a family, you fuck me over, you fuck everyone over. You know what I mean? I'll never fuck you over as a group of lads. I might have to tell you something harsh at some stage, but I'll never fuck you over. You'll still have to respect me otherwise. Sorry, to respect for you. Otherwise, I wouldn't have you. And you become a family. So that, that family we had was like, look, lads, don't let it stop you from getting your kids on the pitch, getting your families on the pitch, your girlfriends, and having a party with them all. You know what I mean? There's a famous picture, I'll show you after this, of all the players and all the kids on the pitch yeah. with the promotion banner up. And, and that's what we wanted with the medals around the necks. That was the motivation, the togetherness that we had. And look, some lads... Moments, it? Yeah, moments, it is, moments, it is, mate, moments, yeah. And, and you know what? There's a, there's a special moment Klopp gets all the Liverpool players and goes to the cops, isn't it? Remember what game yeah, was that? West Brom. West Brom. We weren't having the best of times. And I sort of mirrored that with my what I wanted with our lads, you know what I mean? Look, let's. I used to get them in the rules after games and say... We're doing it. Don't worry, you're getting promoted. Just keep driving, just keep going, keep going. Yeah, I know there's problems at home and no monies and bills and whatever. Just put them off because it'd be worth it. And you know what? In the end, mate, the team obviously um, descended away because, you know, players left and whatever. I took a few with me, took my staff with me and the club's obviously in, in, in turmoil at the moment and I'm absolutely devastated for it. But all them players... I made sure one way or another they all got fixed up and I think majority of the players who, who were a big part of that promotion team ended up going to them probably better money, playing at better clubs in terms of stable clubs. So was it tough, mate, yet they don't learn none of that on any fucking pro licences or A licences? Yeah, let course, me tell yeah. you. Of course, so then the Plymouth thing, how, how did that come about? Yeah, so obviously then, listen, I, I, we wanted to, you know, we felt if... Um, there's a stat actually before I go into the Plymouth thing that seven of the lads who played in my Berry team the season before last, just being promoted again. So we've had back-to-back promotions to show what type of lads they had, you know what I mean? Yeah. Different levels, different leagues. Driven, league one, league driven two, lads. Driven lads, yeah, who wanted to do it. Um, and then we, we heard about the Plymouth thing and, and listen, we I was I give the club the best possi- possi- possible chance of getting took over. The best opportunity. I was like, come on, I was speaking to those directors who were still around, who had... Who had did they still want you attached? People who were trying to shave the club. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, but again, then it all boils down to like we had to buy out clause in, in, in me in me in me contract and like again, you know, me and my assistant manager, the lads who were brought with me, Jimmy, my analyst, and my fitness coach, John. They didn't. They just walked. Well, they weren't getting paid, so they were all free to go. But the Plymouth thing come around, and then what we done then was, which was a bit shitty on behalf of the club, really. What what they done was they owed us a load of money. So we could have walked away with a seven-day notice, but then they paid us some money, so we couldn't, do you know what I mean? So then we had to, like, sort of, shit, what are we going to do now? So then what happened was Plymouth made an approach to Betty and paid money for me and my assistant manager, basically. Yeah. So give us the opportunity to go and speak to him. Went down, had to speak to them. Uh, we thought, wow, yeah, what a club this is going to be. Uh, at the time, we, we looked at it and thought, well, it's in League Two again. We've just been promoted from League Two. We know what it looks like because we didn't have a job. There was other clubs that would potentially be interested, but no one had really come to the fort and gone, right, we want to approach you on an interview. So we went and done the interview, went down, had a look. He said to us, yeah, look, we want you. I thought, like, brilliant, okay, decision to be made. And then I had to come home and say to me, missus and my kids, listen, we might be moving 300 miles down yeah. to Plymouth. Plymouth are a big club, don't mean Tati. I'm passionate, passionate as well. Do you know what, Mick? When I went down there, I felt 
like they've just had a new the new chairman who's come in more or less took over full time when I come in and he's the one that got me in and I felt Plymouth Argyle was a big club at the time but with no no real ambition you know what I mean like because it was just up and down now the ambition I went down and I've said no my ambition is to get this club to the championship at some stage you know what I mean the yeah. longer I'm there the, one, the longer I want to get it in there and the chairman followed that ambition as well and he wanted to be known for you know the best team down the southwest and whatnot, and the best club and run club and financially stable, which which it is in these uncertain circumstances and these times. Um, and then when we committed to it, mate, we said, right, listen, we need to get this place bouncing. There's a little documentary sky done with us, and I said, we're not losing many games here because we can't let the fans down. We can't let each and every single one of us down in here. And as you said, mate, the, the rest is history for us to go and do it again back to back. At a, at a big club with, with a big fan base in Plymouth Argyle is, is, is something special, mate. So do you feel like you've you've sort of got your, your management team around you now that, that you've got the good balance to yeah. sort of go into into a new club like you did and, and impose yourself straight away? And, yeah, and well, what I had to do, Mick, is, again, you have to bring your own people now. Look, I had, to, I had to get rid of a few people who were at the club who'd been there for a long time, but it's business. It, it has to be done. They were good people, there was no disrespect to them, but I wanted my own team with me, so my assistant come with me, Stephen Schumacher, my, my, my fitness coach John Lucas come with me, my analyst Jimmy Dickinson come with me, I brought Dave Galley, the ex-Liverpool physio, he's yeah, now my physio, he's just top drawer, another level as you said, uh, and Neil Dewsnip who was yeah. at England and Everton for 16 years, yeah. he's my director of football, so my team, that that's my team, and when you've got a good team with you, you know, you, you can be successful all on the same wavelength. Listen, we, we've inherited the, we inherited the goalie coach, Reese Wilmot, who was great for us. We inherited the first team coach, Kevin Nanskill, who's Plymouth Argyle through and through. The two of them are actually the goal they played for them. We kept them because they're good people. Um, the lads who were there were good people, but I wanted better, you know, because it feels if I, my, my, my neck's on, on the line all the time. So I wanted people who were going to back me, whip me 100%. Not saying they wouldn't, but their ideas might have been different to mine. I wanted to make sure that it's I've It's half the battle, isn't it? Having the team yeah. and that you want. You know what? It's tough. So wherever wherever I go, wherever my managerial career takes me, I'd hope to think that I can bring my team with me. Listen, we're not looking to go anywhere anytime soon. But in terms of what you need is in management, you need that trust element. And you know, like me and Stephen Schumacher, best of mates. We'll disagree to agree. We'll agree to disagree. We, you know, we're forever talking about stuff. We're both on the same wavelength. We know what we want. We know how we want to play. We know what the coaching looks like. Neil you snips the, the, you know, the. the the, the, the hierarchy above us so he keeps the distance with the, the, the um, CEO and the chairman and, and, and the secretary but even that the team above the team we, we have a great relationship right the way through because you've got to it's vital So now you're obviously established with uh, with Plymouth and you were sitting nice in the league how did you approach the uh, the lockdown and the shutdown of footy and all that did you, did you panic? Um, yeah we did panic because there was talk of it getting um getting kiboshed, weren't it? And null yeah. and void. And I was thinking, there's no chance I've gone through that seven, eight months work and it's getting null and void. I was a bit pissed off with it, you know what I mean? And the more you hear about it and what was going to happen. Uh, it was good for us, though, to be fair, in terms of where we where we got in, where we sneaked, I say sneaked in, we were always going to get in. But the week before it, we'd played Macclesfield at home. Exeter had played Walsall away. Exeter lost 2-1. You were flying, weren't you, going in? Yeah, Even though we, you were third, you were flying going into One, two, it, three, and fourth and fifth positions were flying, all of them. Yeah. So we were fourth or fifth. So we beat Macclesfield at home, went level on points with Exeter because they lost at, at Walsall away. And then we had a midweek game, which was a rearranged game because our part of the roof had come off against Grimsby so they couldn't play the game. So it was a rearranged game. We beat Grimsby at home 3-0. 
and went three point three points above Exeter. That yeah. Friday, Saturday coming, we were supposed to be playing more from away. Simon couldn't be better. Simon was perfect. It got suspended the season. So if we wouldn't have had that game through the week, we'd have been on probably level points with them. I think we had a better goal difference, so we'd have been all right. Points per game, we'd have still been all right. But just to have that security of the three points, whether it was weighted points per game or just normal points. Was the talk of that, the weighted points? Yeah, there was, yeah. But we, we, we passed it either way, but only because of the Greensby games, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, was, so when this is going on, at the EFL giving you any like no, indications the, on no. how they might settle in? No, that? lads, because I don't think they knew themselves. So we're trying to get all kinds of information off people who you know. And so what the LMA, which is the League Manager Association, they then started putting all calls on Zoom calls and everything else. And we're sort of... The good idea. The good LMA. Everyone you're good, here mate, doing yeah. things like this, you're there about and saying about the LMA. email you every other day with updates and stuff. And to be fair, I had the updates off my CEO and my secretary about loads of stuff. But... At the time, mate, I was thinking, where's this going? There was talk of the season getting null and void. There was talk of it. Um, Did you go part when you heard about Scotland? When they were saying the, the way they, uh, I yeah, know well, they, they no, went. It was the, the non-league, null and void, it, weren't they? Yeah. And then the Scotland one, I was thinking, yeah, I'd hope it's points per game. And then we, we were thinking, yeah, it's going to be points per game. And then we were thinking, oh, it might not. And then they were saying they might want to play. And then to be fair, the later it got, I was thinking to myself, there's no way we can play. Yeah. So then the lads went like, 12 weeks without kicking a ball or 10 weeks and you're thinking there's no chance you can get lads playing now that's why the teams who are in the playoffs now especially the league two ones they had 14 days to get fit 14 days is a long is, is not long at all not, do you know what I mean you need six weeks long. and they went right into the thrust of um, of, of, of playoffs and I thought oh, I don't want to be doing that and I've done the, obviously the league two games for Sky and I was pleased that we went up through the, the points per game and pleased we didn't have to put our lads to a mini tight pre-season because you've seen them with people coming off injured left, right and centre even in the Premier League now yeah. and the Championship there's players that are just nowhere near up to full fitness so when it got done uh, we were obviously over the moon look at a part of us and I've said this was a bit disappointed because we wanted to win the league we, we were a point off we'd have won the league I think Swindon will say they would have won it which they did in the end the crew would have Cheltenham were on like a little bit of a crest of a wave and were doing alright so you know but for me as the manager of Plymouth Argyle we thought you know what we're going to win the league. And yeah, that, that was rather, our aim. You'd rather have settled it on the pitch. but Oh, definitely, yeah. But look, you have to take it with you know, uncertain circumstances. What's gone on through the fucking world, you know what I mean, is, is crazy. But it's just nice to see the football getting back slowly and hopefully we can get back in the near future. Yeah, so when you get when you get a date then to, to start training again, it's it's all systems go ready to attack it again next year. It is, mate. Yeah, listen, we're trying to, you know, we've, we've got stages. So we've done stage one now with the lads. We've re-signed all the players who, who got us promoted, the ones who we wanted to keep and the ones who, there's one or two that'll move on, which is fine. Um, How did it, it work with contracts then? Yeah, so I was going to say that then. So what they've done is, they've had to like, some clubs are doing some sort of... Um, so basically, if the if, if if the virus comes back again, you, you'll get like a certain amount of money. Do you know what I mean? Which which is probably right because a football club yeah, if there's can't no wins, just there's, there's no, no income. Wins, yeah. You can't just keep paying the money. We've got a chairman who's wealthy and and happy to you know to, to pay it, but not for the long term, only for the short term. Now, what we need quickly is to when there's going to be fans coming through. So when the fans are coming through, it's all incentivised. Then when we get fans through the door, the lads won't lose any monies. Um, you know they won't have to like you know sort of give a certain amount of money away until the, till, till, till the fans are back in the stadium so we're quite we're quite organised our football yeah. club we'll be alright at least it's the same as well for everyone it's not as if like no a lot yeah. of clubs have got to do it now I think yeah. you know some clubs will just go you know what and gamble on it and think but you, you can't it's a business as well at the end of the day it they've got to make everyone's sure everyone's saying Adi that it can, footy can sort of take this to realign itself 
yeah, with, with it, reality, basically. Yeah, it can in a way, but in terms of like, you know, they're talking about salary caps, but I don't think that can come in just yet because like like for Sunderland now in our league next year, their wage bill's probably guessing eight million pounds a year. Yeah. Where an average league one team's two and a half, three million quid. So how's that fair? So yeah. I don't think the, it will realign itself so, at some point. But I think, you know, with, with, with all the stuff that's gone on, I think it'll just help and people will be cautious. I think what'll happen is in the next five to seven days, you'll see um, when the dates get given to say, like, you're starting on that date, there'll be, like, car crash signings. There'll be all kinds of players getting signed all over because there's 14 players out of contract at the moment. Yeah. Well, when we had Kev Ellie on the other day, he said, when, when Lowy comes on, see if he'll sign me. <laughs> <laughs> it's too far for him. Yeah, too far. It's too far for him. I was going to sign him off Derek Adams last year just to wind him up, I think, for the, the end of the season. No, but listen, Kev's been brilliant, mate. He's had a great career. He'll, um, he'll get fixed up. I don't know where he wants to go, what he wants to do, but he'll definitely still Might go. up back at Chester, mightn't he? Yeah, yeah. With all due respect to Chester, I think he's got a little bit more than that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think he'd still play definitely conference. So, listen, Barrow have just gone up, haven't he? Who used to say Barrow won't take him? We've just come from the conference who are League Two now, yeah. you know what I mean? You he's had a few know. phone calls, he, he couldn't sell me like, but he'd had a few. Has he, yeah. No, he will, yeah. Just for his attitude and his application, he's a fucking big scary thing, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean. boss, mate, boss. Right, so I'm going on to my little feature, mate, which is uh, trying to build the uh, the perfect... It's it's amateur footy, but obviously with, with you playing 90% of your career in the pro game, we'll go one for one so you can go... Basically, when I say like left foot, you can say the best left foot that you played with in the amateur if you want, or you can go pro it's, yeah. it's either way. So I always started off with left peg. So we just got the best left peg you've played with or against. It doesn't have to be actually with with or against. In amateur footy? Yeah, either. Go on. Um, if you can do one for one, do, yeah. do one for one. I think amateur footy late, I can't remember how many left peggers, but Mick Moore, when he got released from Liverpool, he had a great left peg. He's a good player, Mick. He, 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 he was a traitor, though, Mick. He played for the Sunderland and the Brit at the time. I and think. the Canada. And he played, the Canada. For, yeah, he played for everyone, yeah. But listen, he'd been at Liverpool as a kid as well. He had, he had a great left foot on him. Um, only played with him briefly. He's just one that springs to mind on the top of my head. Um, but Leighton McGiven was a left pegger, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah seen Leighton play as well. So he, listen, he had a great, great finishing. And then one of them for, um, well, actually, it was a couple. There was a lad called David Vaughan. He used to play at Crew. He he played for Nottingham Forest. Um, he went over to to Spain as well. Um, Coleman got a job over there. He had a wonderful left foot. Him, yeah, great great left foot. Ian Vaughan as well. Ian Vaughan, yeah, Ian Vaughan had a great one. He, listen, he played top levels, hadn't he? Yeah, he scored um, some belters for Forest and that, didn't he? They're, they're like the older ones, like just 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 some good ones. You, you know, you think yeah, you've got a great great left peg on him, but you know, I think for um for the ones who people would know are them type of people yeah so when I say left I have to say right as well and people do, people can't think of right boss right footed players but it's easy to to, to pluck a left footed in it yeah do you know what I think the right footed one is I'll, I'll give him a little bit of a credit because he could he could pass a ball like round the door was 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 Darren um, Darren Connor yeah. Darren Connor because he, he inside the foot outside of the foot um he had he was just a madman, no, you know what I mean? He he was he had a great uh, but he used to work on all the time, like he do like these little spinnies and like the ball would come back on you and that, you know what I mean? So to be fair, when I was at the Sandon days, I think I think it'll be uh Darren. What about in the pro pro game? Right foot. He was just it's a clean. Do you know what? My assistant manager Stephen Schumacher Shoe, had a yeah. great strike on him, like Shoey Smash he calls it. <laughs> so I'd have to I'd probably have to say him, but no, he did. He used to say to me, right, leave anything twenty five yards out to me. 
and then eating 20 yards out to you. Because <laughs> I used to have a little curler and he used to have a smash here, but no, he's, he scored some wonder goals, so I'll say she'll be here. What about touch? Good touch. So I've got a player now at, at our place, little Dom Telford, who can just bring a ball out the sky. He's five foot nothing, but his touch is unbelievable. You know what I mean? Very, very good touch. So he, he'd be up there just... Danny Mayer, Danny Mayer, who plays, he's got a hell of a touch as well. The ball just sticks to him. Kills it. Yeah, he does. What about our skill? Skill, Danny Mayer's probably been the best player in the league too for the past couple of years. Who's, who's with us? He was. I played with Danny at Berry, and then I signed, obviously signed him back for Plymouth this year. But he's he's just like he can go past three or four players and just breeze past them. Do you know what I mean? What about on the amateur scene? Can you remember anyone who was a bit of a wizard back then? Um, testing me now. I tell you what, he you. You said about it. He was on the other week, Lawless, when he said he said yeah, he went Johnny, the goalie. And, yeah, Johnny Lawless and got could, brought yeah, down, he, and you scored the penny. Said yeah, your last Law, game. Lawless could. Yeah, he was like uh, Lawless. You just didn't know what he was going to do. You know what I mean? He dropped the shoulder that way, that way. He, he, yeah. So, I, you know what? He had a good left back. Well, he did. Johnny. Yeah, I probably probably say Johnny Lawless. I'm just trying to think. There was someone at the Sander who was like that, but I just can't remember who it was. But uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll say Johnny Lawless. What about um, who's keep kept himself in the best neck fittest? Fucking hell, Kev Ellison. Yeah, Kev, <laughs> he's, he's in great yeah, he's in great He is, isn't he? He's, uh, there's his yoga, his, yeah, you know, listen. Uh, you know what, though? He's only a, he was always a skinny to eat, Kev, you know. Yeah. He's, he's got, he's he looks got bigger now, though, doesn't he? He looks bigger as, as, he, as he goes He's probably on. got a bit more muscle on him when now, he's not going to buy fucking celebration where yeah. he was. No, he's got a body on him, like, yeah, he has. His uh, body's a temple, mate. What about, like, toughest as in, um, not, not necessarily dirtiest, but. Like aggressive and solid, who's who's given it to you over the years? Who have played against? Yeah, non-league. Yeah, either. Well, Chris Walsh used to fucking batter me every time I played against him. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I said to you before about it. He was, um, he was one I used to go into games and, and and fear playing against. And John Doolan as well. No, not John Doolan. Um, brother, um, Dukes. Um, yeah, they're both. They were both Paul, fucking, Paul, Paul Doolan. Paul yeah. Doolan. Paul, but again, he, he listened to the two Brit, of them. Yeah, for the Brits, the Brit, yeah. yeah. The two of them were, were good blokes, you know what I mean? Off the pitch, on the pitch, he just wanted to... But listen, I would have been the same if I had a little fucking skinny striker trying to run past me and put the ball in the net, I'd probably do the same. Yeah, um, so them two, Yeah, so them two were, uh, were ruthless. In the pro ranks, there's, listen, there's, there's not many really because, you, you know, you can't really do it. Yeah, more, more protected, you, yeah. More protected. Alan Smith. Yeah. Played with him around Kate Dons, Wow. Yeah. He, he, you know what? He was the only person I got sent off against them. Um, Tommy Elphick for Bournemouth, right? Smashed him. He was coming for me. I was coming for him. I thought, right, you're getting me. I'm getting you first. And I fucking nailed him. He come that way, and I two footed him straight red. So Alan Smith, obviously Leeds United, he walked me down the tunnel. So everyone's like booing me, shouting at me, and all that. Alan Smith put his arm around me, walked me down the tunnel, and went. Fucking love that boy, <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was tough as nails, man. Yeah, his he game was, was yeah, oh yeah, he was fucking hell. He was yeah, training, um, games. For, yeah, he he was tough, like. What about an ability? I mean, in the in the, the football league, there's loads of fellas who just absolutely power headers and taking all the centre halves and that. Yeah, do, do you know? Listen, Stephen McNulty was like just. Every single person who comes on mentions he, him. Yeah, because he, he, you know what? People say, like, you know, he's a big lad, Macher, isn't he? But, like, he, he, he knew for him to, to put himself in the best position of every, in, in every, on every, 
every pitch in the 18 yard box or the six yard box, whatever it was, the ball was like a magnet to him. So every time we played against Stephen McNulty, it was keep the fucking ball away from him or drag him under somewhere if you can, you know what yeah, I mean? But get he, him where he's not comfy. Yeah. He was very like uh, very well organized, which for me is a trait. Really, it's 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 a um, it's a skill because he, to, to be in them positions where them balls, it's like Van Dyke in it now for Liverpool everywhere. He, the fucking ball just hits him on the head, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, McNulty was like that everywhere the ball was. He, you knew he was getting his head on it. Yeah, everyone who comes on who's played up up to the leagues or up the conference yeah. and that I've always mentioned Steve. Oh, like fucking, he gets. Threw in for the leadership and all yeah, that, the yeah. ability and all that, and, and for being an eyelash, but yeah. great player, and he's coming on soon, I'm going to get Is him he, on. Yeah. Yeah. I started playing against him, he always had the number on me, even though he couldn't fucking move, he just got his arm across me and I couldn't get out. Yeah, just a blocker. <laughs> uh, what about uh, the quickest, the fastest? For, for, for the league now, we, we've got a lad called Byron Moore. Uh, I played with him as well at Crew. he was a youngster then, and I signed him for Berry, but also signed him for, for Plymouth. He, he can catch pigeons, mate. He, but he doesn't get out of second gear. I always say to him, like, I have a laugh and a joke, how many times have you got in fifth gear? Twice. He'll probably get in fifth gear in, throughout the season of 46 games, probably five times. Yeah. And that's like full length of the pitch, you know what I mean? Like wing back, just going, no one's catching him. Um, and the lower the lower leagues, the lower... Um, can't remember in the... Um, but listen, I don't think there was many fast in the... Did, um, did, you, did you have to do fair longs on it? What can I do? <laughs> Fair long, yeah, fucking hell. He could gallop, you know, when he when he got going. Yeah, he was hell. like big, big, well, big pigeon chest on him. He was like, oh. but you could hear him grunting down your throat and now he was running past you. People just used to leave him and so, run past you. So he takes he takes credit yeah, for your can, football league career. Yeah. Don't say that, yeah, but he does. He he, he says, now nah, listen, he was a good foil for me, Carl, uh, in in the in the non-league scene. Well, the grassroots, he was. He used to take all of the. Uh, the bathroom, but I tell you what, mate, he was fucking one of the hardest footballers I've ever played against, played with. Well, when, it, when you look at that, if you look back at that now as a partnership, you're thinking, fucking hell, yeah. wouldn't uh, wouldn't fancy it. It's like, sort of like similar to what Leighton and Tom Rooney have got, yeah. the same yeah, it was, sort mate, of yeah. relationship. Yeah, he always makes a joke about it, Carl, says like he made me to this day and that, you know what I mean? But uh, listen, he, he does that, you know what, I say he does, he, he definitely helped along the way, you know what I mean? Because for that year we played together, or a year and a half, maybe two years, he was certainly a, a foil for me, like, and he listen. He set me up plenty of goals. I set him up, but you know he'd go and fight everyone and just leave it to me to put the ball in the back yeah. of the net. Still going now with the Brittany, the over the hill mob, over the hill mob, is he? Yeah. yeah. Um, so what about you know, like obviously it's it's difficult for, with your managing now, but if the lad said to you, do you fancy a game? Do you ever just go and have a game and muck in with with the lads? Do you know what, lads? I played for him when I was at Berry the year before. Last time I played for Sub City, I signed on for Sub City with Lawless and that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Farley and, 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 and that, yeah, and I had a little run round with them and I was scoring G- a few Jamie goals. Jamie McVeigh in goal, was he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, who's the striker? Big, uh, East, uh, East, East, not East, don't uh, um, Anyway, there was, there was a few. Uh, Cavelli's brother was, was yeah, there. Yeah, Brian, me and Brian yeah. played up front. Yeah. But I was scoring like threes and fours and that, you know what I mean? And I was like, you know, I don't really want to fucking. It's not a bar, me. I just wanted to play footy, but. We played against the Brow. I think it was Ke- um, I think it was Kieran Tingion's stepbrother. And uh, two of us had a little rustle and my shoulder popped out again. The other one, though, this time, you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought, that's me. I'm not, it's good yours. You get an x-ray and all that. I thought, nah, I'm packing it in. Because I thought, when it was on the Astros and that was fine, but I was going up to, like, Bill Shankly playing fields. The pitch was terrible. You yeah. couldn't run, you know what I mean? Mud everywhere. And I was thinking, nah, I'm not doing it. I only done it for Farley, really. He said, come on, come on, play. Lawless was playing. Derry Matthews and all that. 
and I had a good little run with them, but then I thought, you know what, I'm gonna get hurt because you know I need to go to work. Yeah, you can't be going to work with fucking broken you know, leg or shoulder. Yeah. I went into work one day, my arm in a cast like that. I think, oh. no. but no, I don't. I listen, I, I think the over the young mobs. If I was if I was here more often and, and say like someone said, do you want to come and play a couple of games or whatever, and I weren't doing nothing on a Sunday, I'd probably I'd probably play. I still miss it, but in terms of every week, I don't think I could do it. So we always end the pod with um. You've got to pick a partner to be your, your knockout pairs partner. You know, the old game used to play knockout pairs on the fucking field. So there's like five different sets of pairs and you've got to pick someone as your partner to, to win that title of uh, the knockout pairs champs of, of the Liverpool sort of amateur scene. Who are going to pick as your, uh, your partner? Who's going to do your defending if you're, if you're scoring the goals? And you yeah. gotta you gotta think carefully about this because your phone will go mad like everyone else yeah. is DJ. Non non league. You go non league, yeah. You can go non league first. So Tobo went with like Frankie Strode, Leighton went Did, with yeah. Tom Rooney, uh Lawless went with Stevie Porter. Fucking <laughs> hell. Um, and and at the end I'm gonna throw all these teams into like a little mini World Cup. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, uh, I'm gonna uh, see you be two on the way. Be sure you, know you could be a Bersco days as well. You, you, they can, yeah, they do you know, know, you know I'm going to pick? I'm going to pick um, Billy Knowles for Bersco. Yeah. Because he was a tough bastard, Billy. He was he was tough him. Like, he was technically very, very poor. <laughs> just a, <laughs> just an animal. Him or Jed Nolan. Him or Jed Nolan, I think, yeah. Jed Nolan was a centre-half, the captain skip. So, what one of them two. I'd, I'd throw a coin, toss a coin. I'd have, I'd have either one of them because they'd stop the ball going in and I'd just put it in the net. So, me so um Whoever's, whoever's up next has got to come up with a, a better balance. It's all about balance, isn't it? Get, it is, that, yeah. that with your managerial lead on. Yeah, it is probably me, yeah. Because you like, have to think, don't you? You want to make sure you have a defender. Because I was thinking of Carl, thinking, you know, another striker, but then I thought, who's defending? Who's giving the ball yeah, out the net? But uh, no, listen, you'd have to definitely have a, um, a defender or an older midfielder, what, what Billy was. So, mate. Well, right, thanks very much for coming no in, problem, mate. my and, pleasure, uh, mate. I know you're a busy man, obviously, with the, the season about to start and the lads have hooked me up and, and put me in touch with you and made up you come in and uh, you're helping out a bit of a grassroots pod instead of these Sky Sports ones. Where... That's it, mate. Yeah, listen, the grassroots, I always, I've always got a big... Uh, never forget where you come from. So, you know, grassroots for me was a, a big part of where I am now. So I always stick to it. You know, I always um, try and watch it as much as I possibly can and keep an eye out for it. So, mate, and thanks for the, uh, to the 12th man for sponsoring the episode and... As we say, get back in there as soon as you can. I hope Robbie's give you a few quid for this podcast. No, a few no, quid this non, non-profit, non-profit. We'll get some off Robbie, 12th man. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll take it easy, like, so thanks, mate. Thanks. Thanks.